Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And that time is finally upon us, Boxhead. Origin 1 is just around the corner. Next Wednesday, game one in Queensland. The sides are in and the round just gone. Wasn't without its drama. Plenty of injuries heading into the game, especially on the New South Wales side of the fence, possibly causing uh, a few changes to the team before it was announced. And then on the flip side of that, and around is full of upsets. The first five games were all outsiders with the bookies. Yeah. Well, it's it's finally here. There's been plenty of talk and... You know, as I've banged on for a couple of weeks, you can't pick your team until you know who's available. And, you know, Freddie sort of hinted that he had other selections in mind, but you can only pick the players that are available and the the players that are fit. He's even got a couple in camp, I guess, or one notable one in Tyson Brazil, who looks like he will play, but he's not getting a lot of training done at the moment because he has to go through the concussion protocol. And to double on the back of that, he played on Sunday. Like, if he played on Thursday or Friday, a few days ahead of the protocol, but... Unfortunately for Tyson and for the Blues, he was in the the last game of the round. But look, a month ago I would have said Blues would be massive favourites to win this series. Now after the injuries, and I think there's a few Queensland players, uh, Caelan Ponga uh, in particular, who has come right into form at the right time of the year. Uh, I think it's vitally important Queensland win game one, being at home. But I, I, I give them a real shot of that. And a month ago I, I probably didn't give them much of a shot of winning the series at all. Well... You spoke about it, uh, waiting for injuries and other things to play itself out. Obviously, in that last round, we had Adam Reynolds go down with what was possibly a fractured leg. He's now been cleared of that. But listening to Freddie's press conference, it sounded like they really did want to pick the South combination after Kiri mm. was obviously ruled out on Friday with that HIA. But the thing is, Reynolds, whether he's been cleared of that leg injury or not, you can't take him into the game underdone or not, again, training all the way out throughout the week. I know they have the combination, obviously, of the South halves and the hooker, but... It's a big risk taking somebody in, so you can understand that. And Kiri, on the flip side of that, big news for Origin, big big news for the Roosters, is possibly going to be out anywhere up to a month. Mm. He's going to see an independent specialist, and they're going to add a couple of weeks on top because he's had three, I think, failed HIAs, and he's had a couple of other knocks around that this year. And last year, he had an extended period out at the start of the year, obviously, from that broken jaw when he had some issues. So, um, you know, grave concerns for Luke Kiri, and hopefully he comes good, but you never want to see things like that happening. Oh, and- horrendous timing. I guess the only other one out there, and, and a lot of New South Wales people will poo-poo it as they always used to, is Mitchell Pearce, who's five men in the match awards and was in red-hot form. He had a groin injury in that game on Friday night, but I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, as always, that would say he's had his time in the sun, he shouldn't be picked. But uh, I think with all those things considered, Nathan Cleary holds his spot. He had a tough game on Thursday night, did all the little things right. And to be honest, this year, I know everyone's been kicking him while he's down, but we say it every single week. 
if you don't have a good forward pack going forward, if your nine's not making quality decisions or manipulating the ruck, which seems to be both the case at Penrith, mm-hmm. it's hard to play halves. But the one thing that's never gone away from Nathan Cleary, I think, is his kicking game and his defence, which is basically what he did last year and steered the side around, which allowed Maloney to do his own thing. And Cook and Tedesco, I think, are the two more important players for New South Wales through the middle of the ruck. That's the key for New South Wales, in my opinion. I think we have the better forward pack. If they do their job and we can bust that middle up, Cook and Tedesco are the key for us. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, given all the drama. I feel sorry for Kiri. Oh, massively. He's been outstanding. A month ago, he was almost the first player picked. It was just a matter of him getting through unscathed, and unfortunately, he hasn't. Adam Reynolds' first half as well. It seemed like, like I said, a big chance for him. Scores a ripper try. Kicking game's absolutely outstanding in full control, and Mark Nichols accidentally lands on his leg and a tackle, and he's ruled out and... Uh, I guess on the flip side of that, you said Frizzell with the HIA, Dale Finucane, who was considered a big chance. He copped a bad head knock on the weekend, only played seven minutes in that game. Um, I guess there wasn't too many other guys you consider contenders. But let's talk about those lineups. A bit of a change to the show for this week. There will be no set of six from our point of view. What we're going to do, Box said, just look at these two lineups, I guess, go through them, uh, have a bit quick chat about the selections and what we think. And then we are going to do somewhat of a mid-season review of the sides. I know it's one game short of the midway point, but basically things are shutting down a little bit during Origin. We'll have a quick look at the ladder, where teams stand, what we think. Review the games from the weekend. Fan questions, tips, all the general stuff for the short round. And then we're going to come back next week on the Monday, as we always do, with a full breakdown of what we think about both squads, the sides, interchanges, how it's going to be played out, weaknesses, strengths, in-depth, yeah, so if you're looking for the in-depth analysis coming next week... That'll be Monday. Early. We don't want to do it too early because there might be some changes or things happen between now and then. But as everyone knows, 30, 40 minutes, we'll go full-blown coach on it and break down all the areas we think for both of these teams. But looking at the sides, as they were named, obviously, New South Wales. Uh, there's some forced changes from last year. We know Tedesco... Oh, not Tedesco, sorry. Tom Trevojevic is obviously out injured. Prior featured in one game, but they've moved on from him. Tarek Sims, more of a form thing, I guess. He's been okay, not great. DeBellin's obviously not playing at all, suspended. Maloney's form uh, this year. Roberts playing reserve grade. Peachy's form. And Campbell Gillard also played reserve grade. So you can't really be angry with any of the players that have missed out for New South Wales and the reasons why they're not there. The only ones I think who are stiff are the ones that have been ruled out through injury. And that's what I had written here. If you want to talk about unlucky, Kiri obviously with a HIA. Reynolds has leg injury. Pierce, regardless of what people think, I think form-wise, if you're going off form, has been outstanding. But I don't think he was going to be considered... I think Madison was unlucky to miss out, but I think when we talk about it more in depth, I can understand why they've gone with Whiten. Finucane, I think his form was pretty good, and he would have been very close to getting on the bench. And the only other one's probably Raymond at right centre. But again, with the injuries that have happened at right centre and the form of a lot of players, I can kind of understand for game one why they've gone Josh Morris, who's done a job before playing on the wrong side of the field defensively. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about him... If we would have put Ramey in example or put Kotrick into the centres and picked Campbell Graham on the wing, that would have been a whole brand new edge of rookies with Nathan Cleary, Kotrick, Campbell Graham, or it would have been Nathan Cleary uh, with... Sorry, who was I bloody just saying? I've just completely lost my train. I thought Ramey in and yeah. then Kotrick. So yeah. regardless, it's a brand new right edge which would have been coming up against Matt Gillette, Cameron Munster, Caelan Pot. Like, it's, it's a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. So I can somewhat understand Morris coming out with the way he's been defending and the thought process there with him having done it before, trying to tie up that edge for us. So uh, if it's successful, probably holds his spot for the series and gets to ride off into glory one more time. If he's not successful in game one, do they go somewhere else for game two? High possibility, but Mm -hmm. we have to wait and see. But overall, um, yeah, those guys got injured, like you said. Probably a Madison, a Ramian. Madison and Fanuka more than anyone, I think form-wise, were two guys that really pushed to get themselves in there. Yeah. Other than those few guys that we said in Kiri, Reynolds, Pierce, etc. But 
Um, I think lucky, if you're going to say anyone's lucky to be on the side, I think Angus Crichton on form. Um, but, you know, he's a quality bloke, and I'm sure on that side of things that Fittler and that stayed loyal, and they get a bit of versatility in him, and they're going to back him to do his job. And I know a lot of people would say clear he's lucky. Again, I know he hasn't been outstanding, but I don't think he's been as bad as what everyone's been making out. No way. So no way. on that sense of things, uh, for all the incumbents from last year, Addo Carr, Latrell Mitchell, Cordner, Vaughan, Cook, Trebojevic, Klammer, like Frizzell, these guys are all real no-brainers. And I, I guess from the bench debutante perspective, I can understand why they've gone with White over Madison. Like I said in the end, you've got a guy that can cover fullback, centre wing. He's played all those positions. He's now playing in the halves and making a real fist of it. And the way he defends and the way he treats his body and he's a big body, if you got really desperate, you could use him in the back row. So I guess he just ticks maybe one or two extra boxes, but more in particular the fact that he can play fullback and wing, whereas Madison's more uh, edge or a middle player at lock, but he can also play halves and centre. So I think that maybe edged him out plus form. Murray's a non-negotiable. He was always going to be in. We've been saying that for weeks. Yeah, he had to be there. There's three things I think Murray does better than anyone else in the competition for his size. Find his front, get a quick play of the ball, and get in between defenders. Leg speed. Without fail, I love his leg he speed. does all three of those things. And Payne Haas, 10 games or not, I don't care what you say. For a kid who had a shoulder surgery last year, played a couple of games, missed the four first games this year from suspension and off-field incident, come back in six games, rack up a couple of double tons, play 65 minutes in the front row, leg speed, motor, just the work rate's ridiculous. And his impact on games. And for people to be questioning, I guess, oh, is he ready for this arena? If he's playing 65 minutes week in, week out, and then everyone racking up the numbers he is, which are almost Tamalolo-like mm-hmm. in some respect, I'm pretty sure he's going to go good in a shortened stint with that motor when you just tell him to go absolutely apeshit yeah. and burn himself out. Because I doubt he's going to be playing the same kind of minutes he's playing at club football. But you cannot deny what he's no, done in 10 right. games. And you think he's going to be more effective with that short yeah, time short on burst. the field. Uh, it'll just be whether the the atmosphere gets to him. But he's going to go up and play in his home stadium. Yep. So I, I think he'll be fairly comfortable. And he's played, what, 10 NRL games and he's looked as comfortable as anyone in yeah. all those games. So I don't think it's an issue. His temperament also seems pretty laid He's back. He's very, so. very flat line. He does his job. And Freddie knows him. Like, Freddie coached him 16s, 18s. So yeah. uh, he's obviously got that prior knowledge and confidence that he can deliver and he's going to have the, I guess, the composure to, to deliver on the big stage. Five debutants, Nick Kotrick, no surprise. Been oh, in... he, he deserved to be there. He, last year yeah. he, was, he was in the camp. Well, so. he's been in for two years, basically, in vision. Haas, Murray... Whiten, all brand new, but again on form, you can't argue with that. And then the other guy is Cody Walker, who maybe possibly wasn't looking at getting a jersey given the four of the injuries, maybe that he may, may have missed out that they would have gone Keary and Cleary. Mm. Or when it fell to the South pairing, it looked like he was a shoe-in. But again, on form, leading tri-assist, leading tri-scorer, he's been basically close to one of the best players in the competition or the most effective at his position. Absolutely. So yeah. He gets that a very, very decent edge, I'm going to guess, on the left-hand side there to play with Cordell, Luttrell, and Addo Carr. So I think we lose nothing with having him there. We don't. As no. opposed to Maloney, your middle, Vaughan, Clemmer. We've got big minutes in two front rowers. You've got Cook. You've got Trebojevic, who also has his tip on and his ball playing. And then your right edge, you've got Cleary, Frizzell, Morris there to help out Kotrick. So I guess... I don't like the Morris selection. I get, again, I, out, I of, like out of who was available, though, I can somewhat see what they've done. I, w- I would have personally gone with Raymond because I think defensively the record this year is there's only been one try down that edge while he's been playing. Mm. So I think he does a good job defensively. But A yeah. lot of the commentary has been that he's not ready. Uh, I disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, but but oh, I, look, I think we've moved past the generation of Josh Morris. If, if Freddie and the staff feel as though 
they're more comfortable going back to him. Well, and we lose game one, do you move on? Yeah, definitely. You go to Ramian or definitely, someone else. Yeah, I think so. I think well, Ramian. it also depends on how you lose, why you lose. You know, if, if we lose and he has a good game, then I, he probably retains his spot. There's no one else kicking down the door no. at right centre. So, yeah, I, well, you've I got... don't know. I, I would have picked Ramian. I, I just thought that Freddie made a point of pushing past that, uh, you know, yeah, I guess reaching. the old culture. Yeah. And that losing culture, and it looked a little bit of a reach to me. But if he feels though like Jesse Raymond isn't up to it, yeah, or isn't ready, maybe for all we know, he could have had conversations with Raymond. So, They've gone the safe option for the first game, though. Yeah, I think and it's defensively, Josh Morris is good. And and look, I, I'm not backing Josh Morris. I, no. I think he's playing great footy, and he's he's moved to the Sharks has revitalised him, and he's doing all those little things that made him an Origin player in the first place. Uh, I just thought it was a step back, but. Uh, well, I guess I'll still be cheering Josh Morris next Wednesday night. We can't really say he's reached back too far because he still blooded five players, and I think he blooded ten or eleven last year. So we've yeah. basically seen a whole new side blooded within the space of two years for Freddie. This one's clearly like you were just saying. A guy like Dugan's not really playing consistent football. Sherry's way too young, and there's plenty of hype about him. He's got errors in his game. There's no way you put him there. Croker still for me is not good defensively, and he's a left side center. The talk about flipping him to me is not something I would have ever considered. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, you got Robertson Reserve Gabe. Jack Bird, who was the only other guy really kicking in the door, did his ACL. Yeah. Um, Ramian's been sold without being outstanding. But, yeah, your options are really limited. So I can see where they've kind of gone. But if we do lose game one and he's average, I think they've got to get Ramian in. Because I do think moving forward, Ramian is the guy that will play right centre. Mm. Um, as far as other players that would have been considered really in the end, I think they might have considered McLean for a middle position. But the way he started the year, Haas definitely has shone brighter in his six games. I know they talked about Lodge on a culture thing and the standards they're setting. I don't know if they would consider Lodge or not, but his form's been good the last few weeks. Josh Jackson's always spoke about as far as an edge or a tight player, but when you've got Jake and I guess Murray the way they're playing, you're not going to consider him and then Raymond and Madison. I don't I really don't think I don't have a problem with this side at all, Brock, probably by that one spot we talked about. No. Um the halves kind of settled themselves with those injuries. Crichton's probably the only one I think's really lucky and I may have considered Madison for that position, but again Possibly the mobility and the fact that he can play centre, second row, holds him in that spot just above Madison, who can play both those spots, but maybe they feel that's what they want him there for, especially probably being more mobile if he has to play centre. Mm-hmm. Murray's obviously going to come on, play middle, and he can fill in a hooker at a pinch if they need it. Haas is purely in middle, and then Whiten, as we said, is covering all back five positions, uh, and he could play in the back row at a pinch if you needed him to, as well as the halves. Yeah. So. Good side. Tight in or not. Queensland, uh, again, I guess no real surprises. When I wrote my side down the other week, basically the starting 13 was exactly as I expected with Morgan being in that centre spot. And if that wasn't the case, I thought they'd put Gagai in, have Felt on the wing. The talk is that Felt is now number 21. If Daly Cherry Evans is not past fit, Felt will push to that wing and I assume Gagai goes to the centres, which would be that lineup. Yeah. Um, the only real surprise, I guess, if you want to go off form, would be Mbai. I don't think he's really been that great at club football. And I guess Milford would have seen the more logical on form, especially the last month. But I guess what they're reaching for here is if they're not going to pick a pure hooker replacement for Ben Hunt, who they clearly don't trust to play 80 minutes, they're going the fact that Mbai has defended in the middle before and played some games there at his time in the Bulldogs. Um, at the same time, how much game time do you give him? And the other option for me was Jake Granville played fullback sometimes in the Queens and then Cup and just playing that nine position. If you're that worried about an outside back cover spot over a pure nine... I probably just would have gone with Granville, to be honest. Mm, difficult um, one. One Smith sort of said he wasn't going to come into the side, even though there's still rumours that the TBA is Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think they were they were always reaching. Yep. Well, and it looks that way. Like, and Bai's been solid for the Tigers. Mm. 
yeah, I don't think he's been one of their standouts, and they're not in the eight. So no, and they're probably overachieved to be where, where they are. I think so. Uh, look, and but and by it seems like a good team, man. I think he'll do a good job. Oh, he's a great character. I'm not question that side of things. I he, just I'd, I'll be interested to see how he goes in that arena. Off a Hengiawi, not surprised about that one. I think he's been good for the Broncos. Brings a point of difference off the bench. He can play as a middle, play as an edge at a pinch if you need him to. Footwork, offload, leg speed. Napa, I guess since he's been back the last month, he's been busy at the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Done enough to hold his spot there. David Fafita's played limited minutes for the Broncos, so this one kind of surprised me. But I guess we're looking at he's going to be playing limited minutes in this yeah, game. Yeah, it's it's the prototype player though moving forward that we're seeing in the juniors now. This is a kid that in his own age group played front row. In first grade, he can play centre, though. He's mobile enough to play anywhere from there, second row, middle. So I guess he's kind of played that role that I thought the only kind of guy I could have seen otherwise getting picked there was Kurt Catewell, who we saw on the weekend for the Sharks, can play anywhere from the wing, centre, back row, lock. But they're clearly seen a huge future in him. And we know coming through the junior grades, he's had those kind of raps on him. So they've decided, why not? Yeah. We're going to throw him in right now. From last year, McCulloch's out. Obviously, form wasn't great and he's injured. Greg Inglis is retired. Valentine Holmes in the NFL. Gavin Cooper, it was time to move past him. Cohen Hess has done nothing to validate him holding that bench spot. He's been terrible. And I guess if they're going to consider Matt Scott, he had a bump on the weekend. And again, you've got to move past at some point. Unlucky, I thought Wallace has been good the last few weeks to push his way back in. But again, to date, and I think you'd agree, he hasn't really dominated an origin game. He hasn't. So clearly he hasn't dominated a club game. Sent a message to him. I think Welch, if he was healthy, may have got a look in. They were talking about him. He's obviously injured. Jake Friend, I think, would have been a shoe in if he wasn't injured as well. But... That's obviously not the case. Other guys, Norman possibly would have been considered for the utility role if he wasn't injured. He had some good form. Uh, Nene McDonald might have been fighting for a wing spot if healthy again. But with Oates and Gagai, you're not surprised they've done the job before. Uh, yeah, I know people talked about Felt, Edric Lee, other things, depending how they shuffled the side. If they didn't want Morgan there, that one of those guys could have a wing and Gagai could come in. But I think they've seen Gagai defensively at centre and they don't like it. Mm. So they've left him on the wing where he's got me into the match. Morgan... Left centre over there with Oates, Gillette and Munster on that left-hand side. Do you think he'll do enough of a job? I think attack's not going to be a problem. Defensively, he's marking Josh Morris, so I guess that's not as big a concern as if he was marking Latrell Mitchell. Agree. Yeah, it's it's just difficult playing a position at club and then being asked to do something totally beyond the realm at club football. He's not centre in any other team, really, is he? I mean, he's done it before for Queensland. I'm not sure whether he's done it for Australia or not, but if he has, it's been on the rare occasion. Uh, It's it's a hard one. Uh, He's not in great form, Morgan. He's certainly not in that scintillating form we saw him in when the the Cowboys made a run to the grand final. I think he's doing enough of a job. He's doing okay. I think he probably falls in a Nathan Cleary category in that his team's not going that well, but he's... He's probably not going as bad as what the team is. And well, he's had how many perception of how bad he's going is know? probably exacerbated by the fact that his team's not playing well. So, hmm. look, he, he'll be fine. He's played in the Origin Arena. He's played oh, multiple positions. Back, he's been middle, utility, half center. So, uh, yeah, I expect him to to handle it. And like you said, he's covering Josh Morris, so it's not like covering Mitchell. And I guess he's got Gillette riding shotgun, who's one of the best defensive back rows in the competition. Mm. Plenty of attack there, having Munster, and you know Pong is going to be sweeping to that side of the field. The one thing that really stood out for me, I really like this forward pack. Papali's been outstanding this year, playing big mints in the middle, footwork, offload. Then you've got Maguire, who's obviously got a heavy work rate, and Jai Arrow, whether he's wearing 10 or 13, it doesn't matter. Mm. But same deal again, footwork, offloads, and then Ben Hunt out of nine. Defensively at times may concern me. I think he does a good enough job, but I think they may target him, try and burn him out. But if you've got those guys working around there with Benny Hunt, they're playing against a bigger forward pack. If they get a roll on or they get mobile, get some offloads, they could cause enough trouble, I think. But for the most part for Queensland, they're not looking to win the middle. 
they're looking to hold the middle and they're going to go after that edge. That's where you think they're going to go. They're going to look to go left there with Munster, get plenty of football into his hands, Kalen Ponga, and go after, uh, I guess, that side of the field and try and make their inroads there. And why wouldn't you? Munster's been one of the best players in the competition for Melbourne, that left-hand side of the field. We know how dangerous Kalen Ponga is flying down there. Corey Oates is near unstoppable if you get him a good one-on-one with enough space to crash over the line. So um, that's the real part there. But if DC is healthy, just as dangerous on the right. Felice Cafusi, Will Chambers after a slow start to the year, was great on the weekend. His defense looked up to scratch, and it's going to need to be because he got bathed by Latrell last year. So I'm sure he's going to be burning. And him and Gagai have formed a nice combination. Mm. And their bench, as we spoke about, off Gowie and Napa, you assume are just middle rotation straight up. In buys backline coverage, hook a half, and then you've got Fafita who can play anywhere from centre, second row to middle. Yep. So there you go. Pretty comprehensive. Two lineups, but we'll go into the actual game side of things during the week. As I said before, though, box set, no set of six. Look at that Origin team, have a talk. No real big arguing points, I guess, for us. Maybe a few little tweaks and bits and pieces, but I don't think... Green... I think the way Kevy, Kevy uh, Walters has carried on the last few days, he's been a bit over the top. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I don't with know him. whether he just irks me this time of the year because he's a Queensland coach. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of him to start with, uh, but... He seems like a nice enough guy, but I just don't rate his opinion on rugby league. And he was a bit revved up. I don't. Time. I just. I don't think he's much of a coach. To be fair, I think he's a brilliant halves coach. I think any yeah. half he works with, he done well with goes really, really well. But I, I just don't see him as the articulate modern day coach. That's just my opinion. I, and I make no apologies for it. No. Well, we get into like we said, somewhat of a mid-season review. A few teams don't really need too much of a review. I think South Sydney. Uh, sitting on top there, ten and one. They've been absolutely outstanding and probably more impressive, given the fact some of the injuries they've suffered and uh, some of the changes throughout the year. Obviously, Greg Inglis out of the squad, and they, they were only able to name twenty on the weekend. Mm. So after early doors losing, GI, you had Braden Burns go out early. They've had to have a couple other fillings at centre. Kyle Turner, who got injured a couple of weeks ago, which obviously they couldn't fill that spot with Adam Dewey or Corey Dennis because they both got injured early doors as well. They've reached for Ethan Lowe now, who's playing that position. They had a couple other younger guys get injured. Kurt Dillon, who they brought over, is one of the middle players they're looking to use. Uh, Adam Reynolds obviously got hurt on the weekend, and they had some injuries to a couple other younger guys in Connor Tracy and that, who were possibly their backup halves for this weekend. So I'm not sure if they end up getting through. Reese Kennedy, another backup forward, he had a knee problem. So uh, given their situation and some of the changes, they've been outstanding. And Absolutely, I'm, yeah. No surprise off the back of a forward pack that's going forward, a hooker in Damien Cook that is now, I'm going to say, the premier hooker in the game. For me, he's overtaken Cameron Smith. And that's not a shot at Cameron Smith, but the growth in Cook's game this year, the ball playing, the kicking's still to come, but why would you need him to kick when you've got Adam Reynolds there? Mm. He doesn't need to do as much kicking. But um, I, I don't think he's overtaken Smith, put it that way. I think he's pretty bloody close. Mm. I, you'd, I think you'd agree with me there, but them at first... As far as reviewing them, there's no review needed. They've got one loss against Manly in a tight game. I think he's getting the most out of Totola, Liam Knight, and a couple other guys that have been brought on the bench. Everyone's doing their job. Crichton hasn't been missed. They've filled that gap with multiple players on the edge, and Cameron Murray's been exceptional um, all around. They've been great, South Sydney. Yeah. Well, they've they've won a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have won. And that's that the sign of a good side. Yeah. And when they've needed to elevate, they've found a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the Melbourne Storm, 9-2, and two, I get not so much surprising, but same deal. They've, they've been in plenty of ugly games. They've only lost in golden point to the Roosters, and they lost at Shark Park in a, a two-point game against the younger side, who I think is a real dark horse. I still do, but Melbourne are coached by Craig Bellamy. They've got Cameron Smith. They've got Cameron Munster. 
Ryan Pappenhausen, Jerome Hughes have rolled through a couple of fullbacks. They've shown they've got some depth in that side of things. And I think even with some guys underperforming in the outside backs and having one of the worst defensive right edges in the comp, they've had the best left edge and best middle defense. Their forward pack's done a pretty good job. Jesse Bromwich has been back on song this year. Kenny underrated. Dale Finucane. Um, you know, Croft and the half situation, I think that's something moving forward that's still got question marks on it. Do they rotate Hughes? Does Croft get pushed out? Does Pappenhausen take the fullback job? I don't know, but Melbourne are Melbourne. At 9-2, and two, I don't think we've got any surprises. It's a Craig Bellamy coach side, so second place. Roosters 8-3, and three, uh, a couple of losses, I guess, more under tough circumstances. They've had to deal with a lot much like South. They basically haven't had their spine together on the field consecutive weeks from what I can remember. Jake Friend's played a handful of games. He's been injured. Luke Keary, the concussion. Cooper Cronk's only played a handful of games this year. Brett Morris was in early. He was out. Ryan Hall, they were waiting to get back. They had to throw him in earlier last week. Tupo missed a game. Corden missed a game. Like, they've rolled through some players as well. We saw Jared go off last week, strapped up, take his strapping off, come back on. Tokyo's missed a couple of games. So I know a couple of people were saying last week they were panicking about the 8-3 and three and a couple of losses. But to me, if they get their spine back on their field and they're healthy, they're still, for me, the favourites for the competition. How many games have they had their best side on the field? Probably two, maybe. They're eight and three. So that top yeah. three to me, they're sitting there for a reason. They're going to be there at the back end if they're healthy. The top three, correct. Injuries are the only thing I think that can really... Or an off-field incident. Look what it's done to Penrith and, oh, and Brisbane. Ruined. Uh, yeah, oh, those top three, they'll be there when the whips are cracking. Fourth, Newcastle, the resurgence. Haven't they shot up? Yeah. Five in a row. Maybe they heard my spray five weeks ago because they've gone on to win five straight since then. Well, we both had a strong opinion on that, and they've certainly turned it around from this point in time. But I think, but it wasn't a strong opinion about their performance. It was about who should be accountable for their performance. You made the argument that it should be the players. I made the argument that I agree that it should be the players, but I also think Nathan Brown had to bear a massive brunt of it because, in my opinion, he's had enough time to get him rolling, and this is proof of that. Uh, and, and it's proof of also what you said. I, I don't think either of us were wrong in what we were saying, but I don't, I don't think either of us were spot on right either. I think we're probably a mix of um, what has come to fruition for Newcastle. Yeah, the coaches, The coaches sort of had to... No, I don't, I don't even think we disagreed. I just think we're making different, a different argument. Well, we're probably and pushing, we felt fairly strongly about we're it. We're pushing the weight probably more towards one or the other. Yeah. You felt it was more on the coach. To me, well, I well, felt that I'm the saying. players were letting him down that he's done more of this hard work to get him in this position and they've probably taken him a bit bit of taken a bit away the confidence that he's given them a bit of the freedom in the group. They mm. took the piss a bit. And now that they seem to have knuckled down, the forward pack's been absolutely outstanding. They're all doing their job. They're pulling the same direction. Outside backs, like I think he's maximising what he's getting out of those guys there. And in particular you've obviously got that spine which now seems settled. Look I, I don't want to go off. I don't want to go from one extreme to the other, but no. I think they're good value at the moment to win the comp. The price that you're getting for them to win the competition, I think it was think- twenty twenty dollars. I saw earlier in the week, or twenty one dollars earlier in the week when I was having to scroll through. And I'm not a big gambler on premiership, <clears throat> but they've won five in a row. Well, they're seventeen now on the website. Oh, seventeen, okay. Right so they've come, they've come in a little bit. Seventeen's um, just good value. Like throw yeah, going through you're not ten bucks, going to happen. But- no, I, I just think when you look at they're the fourth rank at the moment at seventeen to one, and then you've got the top three at are all under $5. I think the one thing that gets me is, like I said, even during those losses, the only bad loss was to your mob, which was disgusting, but all the other ones were so close mm. that they should probably be in a better position if they'd done their job right now. If they get to Origin well, on top of that... they got lapped by us, and if they yeah. play anywhere near what they're playing at now, they'd pump us by 40. Penrith was a close game. There was a handful of other close games. That was the disappointing part, because right now they could probably be on eight or nine wins if they didn't stuff around in a few of those results. But they finally settled on a spine... 
The question's on Danny Levi. He's been outstanding the last few weeks. Unfortunately, now he's going to be out for eight weeks. But Connor Watson came on, and I've said that I thought his best position was either there or fullback, not in the halves. He was great at nine on the weekend. Pierce, Ponga, Mandis does a solid job, holds his edge. The back rowers are back playing good football. And more than anything, just that energy and intent that we didn't see. Pushing in numbers, getting over the advantage line, line the, speed. They the were game relentless. Is simplified. Well, Football is the a game simple is game. Do that stuff well and everything comes off the back of it. Yeah, it I don't right know why now. they were even looking outside of what they're doing now because you don't need all the fancy shit. Mitchell Pearce and Ponga have been exceptional, but Pearce in particular leading this turnaround has been awesome. Five men of the matches in a row now leads the Dahlia medal, um, really proving a point the last few weeks and good to see. But hopefully they get through this origin period. They've got the bye this week. Uh, if they get those players back and Pierce, obviously that groin injury, Levi being out, hopefully that doesn't disrupt things. But I was really starting to like the look of that spine and the inclusion of Watson is that utility role um, coming on at nine. So let's hope that doesn't stop the momentum. Canberra Raiders, fifth, six, and five. I guess for them, again, I will cut some slack. They've had some injuries. Bateman to Pine. They've had a change up in the halves. Um, but The last lost, month hasn't been great. They've lost three in a row. I will say that two of those games were against the top two sides that were very close, and why one of those sides and the Roosters had some injuries on that day. Like I said, the Raiders aren't without their own burden, I guess, as far as health is concerned this year. Leilua... Rapana, Bateman, if you go into the game with those few guys plus the Pine, who was a key winner national, you'd feel a bit better about them within mm. six points. And now they've lost Josh Hodgson on the weekend, who's broke his thumb. So How long is he out for? Well, it says on here around 20. Oof. So if he's going to be out for eight weeks and they're already missing players, they're trying to rush Bateman back this week. And Origin finally has hit them. They haven't had Origin players in a long time. Mm. Now you've got Whiten, now you've got Kotrick, now you've got Papali. So it's a bit of a worry during this Origin period, depending on what their schedule looks like with these injuries, where they could possibly lose that good start and fall behind. Mm. I still think if everyone was on the field and they're healthy, they're a real shot, obviously, again, to be in the eight and push close to the top four. But I don't see them as a premiership threat this year. I think they could be a side in the top eight, possibly top four, but I still think... Look, um, it's like between Newcastle, Canberra, Manly, Cronulla, Parramatta, Broncos, like any one of those could finish fourth. Yeah, Manly... Same overachieved, record. they've Six overachieved, massively overachieved. Yeah. Again, I, I don't think they're a threat. And I said that before, but well, they got lapped by us at home on Friday. But they've been they, up they for so poor. many weeks. They, they were poor, but I don't think the Titans were that great. I, I just think Manly have been up, like you're saying, yeah. that for a long they've time. They've overachieved with the players. The Titans had. have got the wood on Manly for some reason. I've got no idea well, you've, why. You've belted them like three times at Brookvale yeah, for some reason. I, I don't understand it, but. And they've, they've, That's a game that if they really wanted to land in the eight, they, they needed, needed to, to win. win. Yeah, yeah, they did. But I, like you said, we talked about the other way. Elliot, who's been good, made a couple of mistakes. Parker's been overachieving. There's a couple of guys off the bench. They've had and Corey Waddell. They've $2 million. Had Their best two players aren't playing. Cust, LG. Like they've had four different halves pairings as well. And then no Tom and no DCE. So they've been exceptional considering the circumstances with a cap restraint as well. Um, well, you take Ponger and Pierce out of Newcastle, see how they go. Well, we saw last year what happened. They were heading towards the finals and then they missed. You know, you took you take Smith and Munster out of Melbourne. Oh, gone. You so, take well, you take the two halves out of the Roosters. We saw how that were, and ends up on Friday night. You know, South, you take out Damian Cook. Yeah, Cody Walker. Well, mainly you should be extremely proud of the situation they're in. Garrick, Abbas Miski playing a couple of games. There's a lot of guys that have come in. Super. They copped another blow the other night, though. Brad Parker has been really, really good and playing well on that edge with George Defoe. He's now broke his jaw. So they've lost another player. Can't take a um, trick. And they can't take a trick. But at six and five, regardless of how their season ends up, Manly fans, you should be very, very proud of what you've seen. And mm-hmm. Des is doing a good job. Hopefully they recruit a few players and things look better moving forward. But this is my dark horse, and I said it a few weeks ago, and I know you didn't agree with me, but again, I'm, I'm going to ride with this one. Similar to what you're saying about the Knights. 
at twelve dollars, I'd I like the Sharks. It's not again that they'd win, but I just think to blood all these kids that they've blooded, to be playing the way they're playing, to not have Wade Graham, Sean Johnson's been in and out of the side. Uh, you've had been missing Woods long term. We saw how dynamic they look when Moylan comes back at one there. Flanagan's even thrown up a question mark about his quality, and I know his dad's no longer at the club, and the Roosters are looking for a long-term successor potentially there. If I'm the Roosters and they've got ties with Shane Flanagan and his son, and he's got an option now, his dad's out, don't be surprised if the Roosters come knocking for Kyle Flanagan. He's been at the Roosters before, Shane well, Flanagan as well. That's what I mean. They've got a tie there, so don't be surprised. He's got that option Kyle if he wants uh, to leave. Yeah. I, I don't agree with you on so Kyle. If Sean Johnson comes back with Chad Townsend, you've got this back line to fit all these players in now. Moylan's there. And now you've got a forward pack where I think Jack Williams and Braden Hamlin UL has been absolutely outstanding and kicking the door down to stay in. I think they get to a point here where Bakuya and Caitlin and a few of these guys are going to be struggling to fit on the bench. I think he's doing a great job in the back row right now, but Wade Graham's going to play on the left. Nakora has been the best rookie this year on the right. He's been outstanding. There's no doubt Johnson wanted him on that right edge. I think Blake Braley would also be another one. who I can't carry two hookers, I don't think. Mm. They don't give him enough minutes for me, so... I think moving forward with all their players back on that side, their bench probably ends up looking like Jack Williams, Hamlin Ueli, Catewell and Woods. And that's a very strong side, I think. Mm-hmm. And on their day, I'm, all I'm saying is you can't tell me that if they made it to a prelim against one of these sides that the Sharks don't have the quality to upset somebody. Agree. That's I just can't I'm, see it happening. I don't know about winning the comp, but similar to the Newcastle argument you're making. I think the way they've played and the wins they've got without five or six quality players and the good kids they've got, if things all came together, I think they could be a real threat. Yeah. Um, but if not, a bright future is ahead. Parramatta, five and six, sitting in eighth spot, just holding on. Now three losses in a row after a strong start to the year. I don't know what to make of this situation. They've sorted out the Gutherson thing. They locked in Brad Arthur. Lots of guys seem to be up at the start of the year when it was talk about contracts, and a lot of guys still don't have contracts, but some of the spark seems to have gone out in the place. The forwards aren't going forward. They were playing very direct. They were being super aggressive. They looked very sideways the other night. A bit lackluster. There was a lot of errors. I, I didn't have him in my eight. I had him to win the wooden spoon. That so. was close to the worst game of the season. It was Thursday pretty close. Night. It was disgusting. Uh, I still don't have para finish in the eight for me. I don't I, think they will. I think they can make the eight, but if they make the eight, that'll be where it all ends for Parramatta. Well, Origin Can't win is it. friendly to them because from memory, they've lost nobody. So if they get through this period, they get south this week, bare bones. If they can't win this game, they're struggling. Yeah. So that's a free yeah. opportunity right there. But for me, I still don't have a lot of confidence in Parramatta over the 24 rounds making the eight. And people are questioning already now, why did we re-sign after? We looked terrible. That's the reason. I don't think you can blame, again, why are you blaming the coach? This group, there's plenty of guys, like we said, playing for their futures. Step it's up. not even that. Like two weeks ago, everyone's screaming, you got to re-sign him. Re-sign. And then now everyone, why do we rush re-sign him? Now they're like, pointing the finger at the media going, you all said to do it and they've done it. No, it's not the media's well, fault. No, it's not. It's Parramatta's decision. And yeah. Gutherson, and I think he's still putting the effort in, but... Parramatta need to really get their football uh, program in line because they're so externally influenced. As soon as the media gets Jump on a train, they, they, they react. Yep. You've got to make decisions based on what's happening in your own four walls. Look, look, listen to the media and take it for what it is, but you can't allow it to dictate your decision-making process. There's talk that Dylan Brown is close to return, which could be pretty handy at this point in time. He had a good start of the season with Mitchell Moses, whose form is also gone a little bit off the boil, but I think part of that comes with the forward pack. I know a lot of people love Alvaro and they love Timmy Manor. I still don't think those two guys are a big part of the picture for me if I was coaching moving forward. Junior Paul, I think, has been exceptional. Murata Niacore definitely needs to be locked up. Um, and I still don't know about the outside back setup. They've changed that in recent weeks. Takarangi, strong start of the year, but for me, he's not a long-term centre. Uh, you know, there's, there's some things that need to be sorted out there, but they just look very sideways. 
Reed Marnie, I love him. He's doing a great job, but I also don't think he should be making 58 tackles a game. No. He looks like this midpoint of the season, only second year. He looks a bit flat. They, they it, need, blunt, it blunts his effectiveness out of nine. Well, they need someone else there for about 20 minutes for him because 10, 11 games in for such a... He's boy for a nine. Oh, he's short. He's uh, thick. Yeah, thick. he's short like, and thick. You can see they're going for him now. He made 58 tackles. No, I agree. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but... He needs help. Yeah, he does. He's doing a great job, but like you said, it's taken away from his attack. They need a 20... 25-minute person there. If it has to be Salmon or Will Smith who are playing the Harvest right now, I don't know. But someone has to go there, I think, and help him out. I think they've lost a little bit of spark since Salmon's gone back to reserve grade, to be fair. I thought it was pretty harsh to drop him as a result of that loss. I like him. So. I wasn't overly set on him before he came in at the start of the year, but from what I saw out of him throughout his time early in the season in first grade, or he's been in, this, he's been in first grade... 75% of this year. I thought Parramatta played better football with him in the team. I just quite, not backtracking, but we're talking about halves. I forgot to mention for Manly how impressed I've been by Cade Cust in his two games, the former NYC man match a few years ago. LG from your mob, he's been great now yeah, back there. Good. Everyone they've seen to have thrown in the heart, even Lachlan Croker. After a couple of ACLs, his few games for the hamstring injury, everyone's yeah. coming and done a good job for that side of things. But uh, outside of the eight now, the Brisbane Broncos, now three in a row, starting to find some belief. This is what we said a couple of weeks ago with everyone needing to settle down, all the Brisbane legends needing to probably pipe down a little bit. You come to a new club, you've got guys that have ties to Wayne Bennett, you've brought in a new system, you're feeling your way through. He's obviously got to a point there where anyone that was kind of opposing him or pushing against the changes because he's going to be there long term that he's pushed out. In particular, James <laughs> Roberts was the main one. They've won three games without him. I think their edge defences look better with Shibasaki and Staggs. The young forwards have lifted and elevated. Payne Haas coming out of the suspension has been great. Turpin at nine has changed the whole dynamic. He's bringing intent and defence and he's changed how they operate around the ruck and then getting Haas and Dearden in there, who's a genuine number seven, which we said they needed to take pressure off Milford, mm. just ticks all these boxes. And I think the game on the weekend, the game against the Roosters, we've seen that intent, I'll that energy. Two games. It's two games um, that they should have won. West Tigers is Should have won, one. definitely. And the Dragons. Should have won that one too. They, they win those two games and they're, they're fourth. And I think my only concern here again, I think they're going to make the eight. I really do. But my only concern again is origin. Because of those Well, they're losses, in the eight now. They're outside on four and against. I get that. But I'm more saying the teams By around one them point. and in origin, <laughs> they've lost offhand Gowley. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oates, I agree. For feeder. They've got a couple of guys out kind of right now. They need so. a pinch a win or two during this period. This is uh, a big tester for them. But I think things are heading in the right direction. And it came out the other day, like I said the other week, seven or eight guys under 21, they are the youngest average squad in the NRL. Seabold's been saying that for a month now. So, just no one's listening because everyone excuses. just palms it off as an excuse. That's but they right. do have the youngest average age of any squad in the NRL. Mm. The only people that elevate that are Gillette, Glenn and Boyd, who are all in their 30s. Other than that, these guys are 20, 19, 21, like they're babies. Yeah. But there's exceptional talent throughout this side. Haas is elevated, which is, I think, lifted Lodger. He's going along with him. Yeah. Turpin's come in, taking his opportunity. It's a real career to find her at him at age 24, 25 to try and find his place. Dearden at 18 just blow me away. He's getting better and better every week. And Milford's confidence off the back of the pack going forward and having a genuine seven next to him, he's lifted as well. Mm. Um, They're just going to stick with the kid now. Roberts is the one who's going to make a decision here. Does he want to be a part of this or not? Because right now they don't need it. Shibasaki has brought one thing that he doesn't do as well, which is lock down an edge defensively. So I think they've been better all over the board. Yep. They're a real threat. I think they'll get in. West Tigers, five and six. uh, Again, probably same deal for them moving forward. Not the greatest depth of squad. Maguire's come in. He's brought a hard edge, but they've probably lost a game or two they shouldn't have lost, in particular that Bulldogs one earlier in the year after a hot streak. But I think they're ahead of where I thought they'd be. You obviously had them for the spoon, so I guess they're doing better than what you probably expected as well. yeah. I think Benji... Well, they pinched that game against... 
the Broncos. Yeah. Um, other than that, like their, their efforts. The Penrith right. game, they shouldn't have lost. The Bulldogs game was the outlier. That was an absolute. And the Penrith up. game, the Penrith, Penrith game, they could have easily won. Well, they missed three kicks and three field goals. Could have easily won. So. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're about where they deserve to be because I thought they didn't deserve the br- to win the Broncos game and they did. I thought they probably deserved to win the Penrith game and they didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I think they'd be wrapped with where they are. But yeah. Mike McGuire is a hard taskmaster and a very intense guy, so he certainly wouldn't be happy with where they are and well, he'd, he'd be pushing them along. So I just think he's getting the absolute maximum juice out of the, the orange at the moment, Michael McGuire. The only question with his approach is just how long can that be sustained for and... It doesn't seem to be wearing at the moment. We're almost no. halfway through the year. Well, I also think he's had some challenges getting there. You've got older halves who have been injured. He's had to go between Reynolds and Benji a couple of different times, so he hasn't been without his injuries there, which is an area they obviously lack depth. You've obviously had issues with Packer, who was part of the old regime, who's looked like he's resisted and he's been pushed <laughs> down to cut and he hasn't responded in a positive way. Obviously, the talk, they're trying to get him out of the loop as well. I think Abai's sort of underperformed, but... I think a lot of the younger guys are the ones who have stepped up. I think Josh Alloway's knocking down the door. Corey Thompson's been outstanding in every capacity and every position he's played. When Benji and Robbie have been on and playing well, Brooks has been great too off the back of them. But, uh, yeah, there's been some guys that have obviously stepped up. Probably the real shining light, I guess, is Alex Twat, who was talked about even yeah, as a future really well. yeah. loose player. So, um, see what happens there. But I, I don't think they'll make the eight, unfortunately. The Cowboys, five and six, and we talked about it before. I think they're ahead of where they should be. Round one, good performance, but their outside backs aren't that flash hot. They've had multiple edge combinations, which messes with their defense. They didn't have felt to start with. Neno got hurt early. They lost Talmalolo for over a month, which really dented their attack. And I think Michael Morgan's had to contend with three or four different halves partners. They've had two or three different fullbacks, and Granville's form's only just come to the fore. So I think given all of that, the fact they've got five wins, and again, they're sitting equal in that eighth kind of spot with everything they've had to deal with is pretty good. Mm. The same problem again, though. They come into this period now where Maguire, who's been injured, comes in and goes straight back out. Morgan, the key to everything that happens with that team, goes out of the side. Yes, Tamalolo's back in there, but Scott potentially missing this week. We haven't seen the lineups yet. Um, so he's potentially missing. But you take out Maguire, you take out Morgan in particular from that spy, and that's, that hurts. And Yeah, look, one more win in there in the eight. I had him in the eight, but I, their form has been below where I thought it would be. I'll put it that way. And missing Talmalolo for an extended period definitely That hurt. cost them a couple of wins. They had a couple of close games in there. So Origin's obviously going to have its impact, but I think they're they going to be really, really close. Very, very close. I, mean, I think you'll see the Broncos climb. I think Newcastle, if they can just sustain where they are, they look fairly safe to me. Canberra is the one that could potentially slide. Manly could potentially slide with injuries and form. Eels, I, th- I think, could potentially slide. So... There are opportunities for, you know, teams like the Dragons, Warriors, Cowboys, Tigers to, yeah. to, to hop in, but you're now relying on other teams' form, I guess, decreasing. So this is always a, a weird time of the year because we're going to have a six-week period here where it's all going to get out of whack. But once Origin finishes and we, you know, turn down the, the home straight, things will become a lot clearer. And some of these teams below or who are out, out of the eight at the moment – like the Cowboys, are going to have to win some tough games. Yeah, 100%. And I guess on their side of things, like we said, they haven't been out without injuries either. Uh, Hess pulled out in the weekend. Nene McDonald out tomorrow, Mark, with that horrible injury with the brain breeding. They've got Ben Hampton out and a couple of other young guys. Matt Scott, we don't know. And Justin O'Neill, who actually come back to some pretty good form the last month and started to play some good footy, he ruptured his spleen on the weekend. So Oof. 
they're not without some injuries in their squad now, a couple of guys in origin. So that's the question. When you lose those early games and you've already had problems and so many edge defensive combinations and spine changes, like it's just it's a lot to deal with. Mm. So we'll have to see if they can overcome it. But this week they play your mob, the Titans. You're missing, obviously, Arrow. I think he's down to your origin player. Arrow, Arrow last week. So, so he was out last week. Um, do you guys put the same effort in this week? Can Tamalolo lead the Cowboys, even if they're missing a couple of guys? Can Jake Clifford come in in that harsh pairing, I guess? We'll have to wait and see. But... I, the Titans should win that game. If yeah. they're fair they, they that's a game they should win. Definitely. I'm with you there. Are the Warriors, four and seven. I think they've shown some good flashes. I think the real question, obviously, was at the start of the year is that with Sean Johnson out of the side and then Blake Green missing for a few weeks was what were they going to get out of their halves if their forward pack did a good job? The other thing is, I think at the start of the year, they had a real problem on their right edge with Solomon Carter, which they've now tied up with Pat Herbert, who's been outstanding defensively. But again, a couple of close losses and a few bad losses for a few weeks there. But, uh, you know, the Melbourne game, that one got away from them barely the weekend. They were riding that game against the Brisbane Broncos. That one, they've lost so... I've seen some things that I like about the Warriors. And obviously getting a new half and nicker in mid-season, he looks to be settling quite well with Blake Green. Roger Tulevasa-Shek's outstanding every single week. He's exceptional. But Luke's kind of been in and out. They had Roaching for a few games. Now they've got Lawton in there. Again, when you're chopping and changing halves every couple of weeks and they've done that kind of to start the season, that's never a positive. And I think we've had a couple of weeks where the forwards, we've had some question marks over them. Adam Blair was obviously scrutinised for a few weeks there. I think... Armour has been consistent. Taylor Harris been consistent, etc. But you need to settle on the spine, which They've, they finally have. Yeah, they they spent a sort of a month to six weeks there fiddling around with the halves. They got Nikarima now. They look solid. I think they've lost some games that they certainly should have won or competed harder in. Well, the Melbourne one on the weekend were two that were there. I think but, for them, you know, they've beaten Penrith. They've beaten the Gold Coast. Uh, they've beaten the Dragons. So they've they've, they've beaten teams below them. I just I'm not convinced that they're consistent enough, or they've got a good enough roster to make the eight. I think they're about where they will finish. Well, at the again, moment. with that massive change, I guess that hurt. And then you're talking about wins they should have got. What about when they led South by 18 or so, yeah. and they blew that game? Yeah, so do. there's I, I think there's things I do like, but obviously building that halves combination moving forward. I think Paddy Herbert's come in made a great influence. Their back three is outstanding. Hickey's done a pretty solid job the other side of the field. It's just about icing games. And I still think moving forward, they need one or two more more consistent forwards. Like Adam Blair, I know they brought him back on a huge deal, but Jesus Christ. Like, And just your week-to-week stuff. They've had Sow in. They've had Afoa. They've had a couple of guys, Lasone, in and out. Sarte. They, they need to settle on some forwards. And they need probably someone who's going to be a leader there every single week, particularly in the front row. Um, Justin Vung has been great. He got injured on the weekend, so that's a huge blow for them coming off the bench. But, mm. yeah, the halves and the chopping and changing. Dragons, four and seven as well, sitting down in 13th. They've hit a real flat spot. They come into the season with enough drama. What have they drama. lost, four in a row? Five. Wow. They've come into the season with a lot of drama, like we said. There was the Jack DeBellum thing. Gareth Widop signs a new four or five-year deal and then wants to bail. So that doesn't help to start with. You get Norman across. They force those spine players in that we were talking about. Then that was sold when Widop went out, which is still not a good thing in the sense if you have a million dollars sitting on the sideline. Norman comes over. Things start to look good for a few weeks. Now you've got him sitting on the sideline with a busted <laughs> eye socket. Sims comes in to help out that forward pack, breaks his forearm. He's missing for a few weeks. So they haven't been without their bad luck. I'll give them that. But the issue, like we said the last couple of weeks, I guess, is the effort. The players to be able to call on because they've got a lot of guys in their top 30 that it's not willing to use, which tells me they've made some poor decisions with their depth. 
and then you're just kind of looking around with the same errors week in, week out. And even this week when he wielded the axe against Dufty and a few guys that are making errors, Zach Lomax, who had some problems playing on the wing, moved in the centres, had some defensive issues, goes to fullback on the weekend. He made four errors at fullback. So yeah. they can't really... They've lost a few games that they could have easily won. Uh, that's got to be said. They lost a game to... Uh, who did they lose to? It's frustrating me now. Well, Parramatta. They, they led Parramatta. Parramatta. They could have easily won. We were there. At they Bank led West. the Warriors. They blew that one. They, that was the one that I thought was fairly significant. Um, and then the other games they've competed in, like even Sunday's game, they could have easily won that game. So there's three of those five they've, they've, they've competed in. The Anzac Day game was the first of this run, and they were, they were well in that match. Yeah. It's only really been the flogging at Mudgee, the Mudgee Massacre, as we call it. Yeah. Uh, that. I guess has been the outlier. The other ones they've competed in, it's just their clothes. From the 60th to the 80th minute, they're horrendous. And then the other problem we look at here on the weekend now, I don't think James Graham's been that great this year, but they can't afford to lose anyone. They've lost him and Lafayette potentially to Sinismosis injuries. So I, I think they're gone. You've got no Lafayette, you've got no Graham, you've got Frizzell and Vaughan going into Origin, which is already enough of a problem in the forward pack. Widop's already been out for the whole year, a million dollars sitting on the sideline. DeBellin, like we said, you're missing another Origin player who probably wouldn't have been there if he was healthy, and you're missing Norman. So you've got your original probably two halves or one half and a fullback. You've got three start of Origin forwards missing, and now you're missing probably your best centre and another front row. So this period for them, Origin, is absolutely critical, and I don't know if they can track it back. I don't know either, particularly when you've got players players like your internationals that aren't there that would normally be playing during Origin. And again, like I think a few of those guys have been trying to do their job, but the errors around them hasn't really helped. I think Cam McInnes has been absolutely exceptional. And uh, if Damian Cook was to go down, touch wood, we definitely don't want that to happen, but he's definitely second in line to play hooker. He's been great. Uh, Obviously, I think Vaughan Frizzell, Sim's been a little quieter this year, but again, I think Benny Hunt's the other one. He's been patchy, but every time they seem to lose Norman or they didn't have Wood up there, he struggled without a real halves partner. I think Field does a solid enough job, but it's not quite the same than when he's got someone else next to him who's dominant also. But mm. um, Hunt, Hunt's got to play better. He's Dufty, been a little bit inconsistent. Dufty's been hot and cold. Like He's had good moments. He's had bad moments. But the errors in the back three. Ravalawa's made some errors. That's why he's been in and out. Lomax on the weekend made play. Like, they're just simple things you can't do in first grade. Yep. They have to be cleaned up. So We've got a lot of crazy Dragon supporters out there who love the show. I'm would love to say I'm a bit optimistic, but I'm a bit worried now with those extra injuries in the origin period. Bit worried, mate. Bit worried, mate. Your mob, the Titans, the Panthers, the Dogs, all six and three equal. Can we just tie these in a bow? They all That's suck. That's basically what I'm doing. But what about it? The week ago, we're sitting there looking at them all on two, and we've written off Penner from the Titans. They've both come out and got a win. But when you look at it with the log jam, they're only two wins out. The problem for the Panthers mm. is they get that tough win on the weekend. I know they sort of look like they've done similar, nutted out this little process, and Ivan's worked through any issues or factions and talking about players disliking each other. We know Dallin's basically out of the loop, but now they've lost two more centres. They've just got Faro back and you've got Wanga Blake and now they're both out long-term. You've got Maloney, who's been in and out and rumoured to be taking himself overseas early, which I highly well, doubt Leeds, Apparently Leeds are keen on him and um, the Dragons are keen on Merrin. So there's a little bit of a merry-go-round that's going to happen here. If Penrith release Maloney... To go to Leeds, Leeds are then happy to let Marin go. The Dragons have just been granted dispensation from the NRL to the tune of about two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and Marin is happy to apparently take that wedge and. Well, I'll tell you what, he's giving up a huge deal. I, the way he's playing in Leeds at the mm-hmm. moment, I, I think he's really, really going to struggle in the NRL. He looks, he looks slow, yep. immobile. 
uh, he's he's looking like a liability in in, a, in the lower end Super League matches. Like Leeds played London, it's basically a relegation match on Magic Weekend, um, and a game I watch quite closely because I support Leeds. And Merrin was poor, really poor. So I, I guess the Dragons are taking back because something is better than nothing for this year. But they need to really really have to perform to demand a contract for next season. Well, you'd have to hope that him coming back to his original club where he won a comp, come through the juniors, Motivation. light a yeah. fire under his ass. But for the Panthers, I guess, like we said, Egan and Katawa, they haven't been able to settle on that. Katawa had some awful options the other night. Yo, obviously, he's injured. He's out for a little bit. We've had kick out, not start the year, and he's playing bust at the moment. May, who I think would have been the ideal nine option to convert to nine, is obviously still Dirk Diggler. indefinitely suspended. Now there's a couple of guys... In the centres missing, Dallin wanting to find his way out the door. Like there's still plenty of problems there. Mm. The Bulldogs, I can wrap that in a neat bow. Like you said, I think like from the start of the year, they're putting the effort in every week. They just don't have some players, and they're still going to wait a couple of years for the contract situation. The Bulldogs are basically the worst roster in the comp. I think they're overachieving as well. I, no, they've that's been, what I'm saying. Could I, have, I think they've been good. They could have stolen a few more wins. Ock and Ball's out. And you look at the out. Titans roster and the Panthers roster, and you compare it to the Bulldogs roster, and it's chalk and cheese. 100%. Uh, and they're by far and away playing better football and they're a better team to watch and they're putting in more effort than the Titans and the Panthers. Yeah, they've had the a... Titans, they're a rabble. The less said about them, the, the better. And they got a win on Friday, but they didn't look overly convincing even getting that. No. Nah. They were down 12-0, Manly rolling up the field. I think if Manly could have just kept the foot on the throat, it could have been a cricket score. But I think for some big, reason, they fell apart. The big thing again the other night, they love to show the one highlight of Ash Taylor throwing that ripper pass, which Copley obviously made stick. But Beautiful pass. Who set everything else up? Tyron Roberts ran the ball, scored a double, set the other two up, did all the kicking. Like Ash Taylor's still taking the piss for a bloke on a million dollars. Oh, it was a beautiful pass. I know. But it's one pass. That's exactly. One pass. Inside 20, in good position. Absolutely. Where is he at all those oh, other sports? Mate, he don't just, start me. Agree. You know. And you know, he needs to be touching the ball once a set at least. The other guys who needed to step up, I thought, did the other night, was Cartwright had his best game off the bench. Peachy was better off the bench. Error free and Boyd was better off the bench. It gave them something. And the real outlier there, I still think, is Fotowaka, who we mentioned last year. He's had consecutive 200-meter games. He had 20 carries the other night. He's got a motor on him. He's going to be something fantastic for you guys. But when a 19-year-old... I couldn't believe when... He's a 19-year-old. I couldn't believe that he... He had those two rounds where he started. And... Killed it, and then Brennan pulls him back onto the bench. I, I thought it was a wrong message to send to the kid. He's if he's playing like he is, far away, start him every yeah. game because that that's the message, message you need to send. Send that message to correct. Wallace if you need to. Obviously, they're missing James, but he yeah. stepped well and truly. And with no arrow there, he was exceptional. But mm-hmm. uh, thought he was better. Obviously, Kelly had a better night and he got burnt early on. But then he went after Walker. A couple he of plays times. with Ticker. Yeah. He has a crack. He, plays he still needs to work on his D, but he has a red-hot crack. No doubt about He's that. He's angry. I, I, don't, I, I can handle supporting and Brimson, him in it. Brimson's, a Brimson's our player. best player. By a mile. Best player. So, there you go. Looking at that, going through a bit of review. I think if we're looking at the eight right now, Brock, South Storm, Roosters, we're all keen on. Knights, yep. those early losses, I think they'll still find their Knights, way. Knights, Raiders, I'd say. The Raiders, yes, Sharks, the Sharks. Yes. So, basically, we're looking at two spots, and I think if you're going to be serious. Broncos, yes, and then the other one, I've got no idea. The last two spots, I think, I'd be looking at the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Tigers, maybe the Warriors, but I think the Dragons, it might well, be. Well, even Penrith. Say Penrith get hot. There are only two losses out, or two wins out of the eight. Yeah, so know. to say that the season's over for any of these sides is craziness. Well, there you go. Bit of a wrap-up. 
mid-season review, a bit of talk about the Origin thing, jumping into the games from the weekend. Nothing I love more than reviews. Oh, I know you love reviews. Actually, power rankings, we are at this period. We'll well, be, we've just done it, haven't we? Well, I get that. We'll be putting them on hold, basically. All right, well, after. last time, and then we, we resume them once the Origin period finishes. Is basically. that what we're saying? Yes, mate. And right, the yeah. power uh, rankings obviously brought to you very appropriately by the Penrith Solar Centre. So you want to know what's worse than seeing your team cop the wooden spoon this season that's getting slapped with rising power bills that put you on edge more than an origin decider. Penrith Solar Centre are Western Sydney's solar specialists who are helping local families take control of their electricity bills. Let the sun work for you, your home, and your back pocket. Contact Penrith Solar Centre today on 1800 20 29 30. Discuss how you can become the real winner this season and take control of your power bills. www.penrithsolar.com.au Take control of him, A mate. few people got on board, mate, with the solar centre. We really appreciate it, mate. Well, Jake's making a killing off us. He loves it. Absolutely loves it. He's a good egg, so if you're out this way, get on board. One of the best things you ever do is get a solar system. But power rankings, box said, no surprise. Number one, South Sydney. South, they are winning, sometimes winning ugly, but they've had some changes. Me. They've uh, fought through, and yeah, like you said, they're winning games with it. They're, you know, in a scrap or close with them. They, they take it away at the right moment. Yeah. And they've shown they've got gears in other games when they've needed them. Number two, for me, i still got the Roosters above Melbourne. I think given what they've had to deal with injury-wise and basically not having their spine, I'm making this purely on who I think is the better side. Yeah, think... I've gone the Storm. All right, fair enough. Uh, Just I... after the weekend, I thought they looked a lot better than the Roosters and the Roosters have lost two on the bounce. But uh, I've got the Roosters at three and they're clearly the best three teams. Well, I've got Melbourne at three for the same reason you said. I get the results, but I think if the Roosters had their spine intact and a few of those players, they're probably there. Number four, Newcastle. Newcastle. And yep, again, they're in. five in a row. Those well, injuries. Had them in last week, but they've bumped up significantly. Those injuries concern me, and then having Levi out. But if they get to the origin period and resume the way they were playing, uh, they're looking good. Canberra, I've dropped now to five. Um, the injuries aren't helping, obviously, and they've had a couple of close losses. But again, two of those were against first and second. Mm-hmm. I think the only concern for them is they've played first, second, and third, and the Manly side, who are also sitting there fourth and fifth, and they've lost all those sides. So if you're going to be playing finals football and make an impact later in the year, and again, I give dispensation. They've had the injuries. Other teams have got injuries as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got to win some of those games. So um, I've still got Canberra at five. I like some Same. of what I've seen. Yeah, I've got them at five. Number six, I've bumped up the Sharks because they've won four or five games missing all those quality players. And if they get them back and get through Origin pretty much unscathed, um, they're going to be pretty good throughout Origin. They're not really missing anyone. Mm. I've got the Broncos. Wow. They beat Cronulla a few weeks back, so that was a splitter for me. That was a pretty low Ahead Cronulla of side, though. Agree, but they beat them. Right. Anyway. Fair enough. Well, I've got Manly sitting at seven still. I know they've got a hell of a lot of injuries, but I guess I'm just going off what I've seen so far football-wise and the effort, the energy. No Jake, no Tom, no DCE, but my eight probably won't surprise you after that. But who's your seven? Uh, the Sharkies. That yeah. was a splitter, yeah. That, those two, I could have had Sharks ahead of Broncos, Broncos ahead of Sharks, same thing. Mm. My eight is the Broncos. They've won the couple in a row. They've come into this period, like you said, they've had a couple of good wins. I think the big thing for me, again, is just the fact that those close losses are now having the origin period. So I've got Manly. There you go. They're hanging on. They're, they're playing well above themselves, the Seagulls. Yeah, 100%. Agree with you there. Big thanks to the Penrith Solar Centre, but the game reviews from the weekend. Parramatta versus the Panthers, like you said, possibly one of the worst games of the year. Started off super ugly. Penrith, uh, first up, error. Penalty goal, made another error, invited Parramatta down there, conceded a try, 8-0 straight away, you're worried. You're really, really worried, but 
to their credit, um, as ugly as it was, they finally took some control of the game. They finally had some feeling, some energy, some intent, effort, things you won't see in weeks. They were getting three in tackles weeks prior and just holding on. They had no aggression. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. The other night, they were getting stuck in. There was good contact. There was good line speed. Blokes that were hitting the line like Sevo, full pelt, they were putting the effort in, then rolling it backwards and dumping them. Um, Campbell, Gillard, Mansour both responded to their droppings. They were both fantastic. Nath looked much more comfortable playing with Luai, controlling the side, and then just having someone there who was playing second fiddle to him. He controlled the team well. He kicked well. He had some great effort plays. And also, you know, another debutant, Mitch Kenny, who was very unlikely you would have thought to be playing first grade this year. I thought he was rough and tumble in his little stint that he got on the field. But this was just, yeah. I've got very little to say about this game. It was a shit game. It was terrible. And Parramatta have... <sighs> Penrith were the best of a bad bunch. They got a, a deflection try... Parramatta had four or five sets on their line to try and win the game or at least draw up the game. They come up with nothing. They were ordinary. Penrith were desperate. It's a game, first game they've lost at Bankwest Stadium. So, interesting. Thursday night games, I hate them. Not a bring, ba- bring back Mondays. Yeah, fair enough. I've said it a million times that I prefer the Monday, but yeah, I'm with you. I guess for Nathan, like I said, the real highlight is just the effort, the defense, and the night he ran the ball well, and that cycle of play there where he got the charge down, he dived on the football. Two plays later, again, like we're talking about halves taking control, slides through a nice gap, makes a nice 20-meter run, and then he's Johnny on the spot for the kick deflection. So um, if he wanted to answer energy and effort, which he's going to give, and especially do his job defensively in origin, I thought he'd tick those small boxes and the little effort areas he does well, um, kicking game and particularly defense. For Penrith, I guess, building off this and get some confidence and going through it, they've gone with the real issue coming out of this game is Farre, Wunga Blake both injured, Fisher-Harris with a head knock and now a couple of players going into or, oh, Cleary going into origin. So mm. um, hard-ass this week against Manly, but they're missing a couple of players and they've had injuries. So that's a real flip of the coin game. But it is a big game in, in comparison to what their season is, regardless of all those players missing. Yeah. They could really use a win this week, but Parramatta, to me, they just went sideways. They lost the plot, Ferguson... I think uh, Brad, Arthur, Brad Arthur needs to reel that back in pretty quick. He's given him a little bit more rope than clearly what he had at the Roosters and all the I'm the best winger in the world. No, yeah, throw him in and say, I'm the best player. I think Brad Arthur needs to kind of knock that on the head a little bit and stick to the wing. That's mm-hmm. that's your best position. But, yeah, I thought Paulo was good. Gutherson, Moe's been good since he's been back. And the other key point that like we talked about, the hooker situation, I think they need someone there to help Moe out because he's just flat now at the back end of games and he's getting pummeled in defense. Mm. Um, yeah. Edwards as well, actually, sorry. Better game from him, considering everything that's been going on. Yeah, that's enough. So, that's on from that one, Titans-Manly, 36-18. Jesus. One, one of my bets of the week last week failed miserably. I laid the boot into the Titans, gave his the stick, said Manly 13 We're down plus, 12-0. And Manly should have scored a few more times. They should have. So I was feeling really good about myself, how easily they were getting upfield, in particular, again, that one-two punch of Tapia and Fanua Blake. thought, this is great, but... Discipline in the end of the day ended up being the big difference for me. They made errors. They gave away penalties at the back end of the half there. Hit a bit of a flat spot and your guys just scored off a couple of effort plays. There was a poor read from LG to come up, which exposed that right edge and they tipped around the outside and got Copley in. And then there was a kick play where Brimson was the only guy who wanted to get to the football. Going into half time and then second half of the first 20, some passes stuck, some offloads stuck, errors and penalties again. And Manly just put themselves inside their own half and you know, Bryce Cartwright come up with a nice play. Copley got, you know, his try off Ashtar throwing that ripper ball. Tyron Roberts was in control all game, one of the best players on the field with his kicking game and the way he ran. And Manly just couldn't recover from it. And you could see the frustration, which was partly self inflicted. Jake was going at the refs. There was blokes starting to give away dumb penalties. Yeah. Um, it snowballed. 
It, it really did. The, the one moment I did enjoy, though, and again, I, I know they had plenty of uh, the swear words on TV, which I know people, parents at home don't want to see, but I have no problem with Joel Thompson spraying Keegan Hipgrove for the dog out when he laid down. He frauded it. Joel oh, Thompson I thought, I thought he got clipped, but I thought he overplayed oh, it he massively. Overplayed he, he got, no, he got clipped high. Don't get me wrong. He Terry Hill. But he, he laid down, definitely. He Terry Hill it, yeah, and then you, they purposely... You won't, me, you won't hear me defending him, but yeah. I did think he got clipped. He purposely got down, and then they HIA'd him afterwards, and he felt like a Good. Dick, dickhead. Good. I, I think that is the best thing well, they can do. Embarrass him. Make him look like yeah, gooses. They had to, because the way he carried on in the no penalty, Joel Thompson flipped his lid, and rightfully so. What we said. Too much extracurricular shit from Hipgrave. He just needs to get into... The game, he's a quality footballer well. if he focused on playing just, football. That's right. Focus Don't on be a dickhead. Plain right. simple. Yeah. And he's an aggressive player, so the fact he was diving was even more sad. Silly. Given the way he likes to play his game. But Silly. The friend. real standouts, like we said here, you've got two fantastic young players in particular. Moeaki Fotuaka, we had wraps on last year, played some minutes, but his last month has been outstanding. Jared Wallace responded. Again, I know he didn't get the Oregon side, but he had a big game <clears> as well. And AJ Brimson, fullback's his future, I think. That's Beast. his spot. He's excellent there. Real live wire. Some really good carries, and Kelly obviously had some love on that side of the field going after Walker, who's not really a match fit yet. So, uh, Manly, like we said, they've been up. There's been a lot of guys playing above their level, and they just had a bad week. And it, it got ugly, unfortunately. So, yeah, it did. Um, it did. The, yeah. the end of it would have disappointed Des Hasler. 100%. Not the loss, the way they lost in the end. Now to have Jake in origin and Parker out, that's another question mark for this week. So, interesting to look at that lineup when we get to our tips at some point here. But Newcastle Roosters. Uh, I know those players are out, and again, I'm going to cut the Roosters some slack. Kiri knocked out early. Croc not playing. Friend not playing. Killed him. But the thing that impressed me most is Newcastle played for 80 minutes, and they were relentless. And the defensive energy intent, and it came from that play early on where they got the try off the error because Safidi put the effort in to pressure Luke Kiri. It was a fair tackle. It was one of those unfortunate ones, though, where your arms are trapped and your head just hits the ground and... Um, that ball popped up for Heimel Hunt, and they, they just kicked on from there. They took every penalty goal they could inside 20. They were very disciplined against a great side in the Roosters, who are usually great defensively. Mitchell Pearce steered them around the ground. Anytime they got a quick play the ball off Safidi, Barnett, Fitzgibbon, any of those players, Danny Levo was out until he did his ankle. And I guess I was more even more impressed on their side of things as well, that when they lost Danny Levi, they responded as well. Watson came on against his old club. That try that he scored in the second half when he got a dummy half and just burned him clean through the middle, showed some class, pierces control and kicking game. And Carlin Pong is just exceptional. Um, he had a field day, especially attacking that left-hand side of the field. But I still think, again, like I said, missing those three spine players, and I'm under no illusions that Toki Aho and Jared are playing hurt. Jared went off last week, took all his strapping off, and then they brought him back on because mm. they thought they had a chance to beat Brisbane. Toki Aho the week before only lasted 20 minutes. And he's been in and out of the lineup. So I think there's a few guys there playing hurt, and that's the only thing I think can really hurt the Roosters going down the track if they have injuries and problems there. But they're a bit beaten up at the moment. But full credit to Newcastle. That if you wanted to really make an example and put a stamp on the way you're heading, they made it the other night. They were, yeah. they were, they were great. Um, yeah, just yeah. The, the players coming out of this game just really hurt her. I was I was looking forward to just seeing the team's name run into each other. Uh, I think they certainly deserved their victory in Newcastle, but it was against no argument in that it was a, a weaker team. That's all. So I want to see them later in the um, in the year run into each other, full strength, uh, neutral ground. But mind you, seeing Newcastle on a Friday night packed, crowd screaming, it took me back to those, and I said it last week, back to those early uh, 2000s 
uh, when the side was just humming along and the town got behind the team. And I'm just happy for the Newcastle fans because as a Titans fan, we've been down as long as what they have been. And just to see them finally have a team that they can get behind that's going to perform well, playing with plenty of ticker that didn't look great five weeks ago that's really turned the corner, um, it's a good story for footy. 100%. And, uh, yeah, they were just relentless, as we said, the whole way through that game. So good on Newcastle. Mitchell Pearce, five men of the match, is very exceptional by him. We've got to give her a special mention to uh, Tedesco. 280 metres, a couple of line breaks, 13 busts in a losing side. He was a awesome Tokyo, 180 metres. And a lot of people had some questions, I guess, coming out of that game, and they, they weren't really happy um, about what bloody was it again. Sorry, the, the tackle on Callum Ponga. A lot of people aren't happy about that one. He ended up getting charged after not being penalised in the game. And Strange. He got two weeks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mainly because of loading, but they're going to challenge it. So that decision might be in later on. When we have a look, I'm not too sure. But in all honesty, I don't think he needed to follow up with the extras. I thought the ball was gone. Um, the fact he led with his head and he missed him, I thought he was very, very lucky and he might have something to answer for. And I don't like what he did doing, but you've got to remember it is rugby league and players to, do try to get to the best players. So I know a lot of people were upset by it, but I don't think it warrants a two-week suspension. Me either. So moving on from that one. Cowboys Canberra, 22-16, three losses in a row. Uh, Hodgson not coming back after halftime with a broken thumb definitely hurt. But I think early on, Canberra had two chances that they blew. The Cowboys then on the backside of that went downfield. Tamalolo, obviously the huge key difference to this side. When he's in, it makes it much easier for the carries after him. It makes Scott more effective, McLean more effective, Morgan off the back of that. Uh, yeah, and I think... They got a penalty. Then they found themselves a nice try there where Granfield just tucked in behind the ruck when there was only one marker and there was a dead Marine. They kicked out in front a little bit there. Canberra fought back. Uh, they got a pretty easy try where players just jammed in. Jack White threw a cutout pass that was a little bit questionable. Um, and then right at the death there, they put a kick in where Geller Mosby and the fullback didn't communicate and they dived on the ball. So to go in at half time in that kind of spot there, didn't think they looked too bad, but then to come out second half, first set again, and all that edge jammed in, and Morgan just kicked in behind for Felt, kind of put them out in front. You just thought it might be a bridge too far for Canberra, given they blew that chance. Nickel Clogstad try first half with a drop ball. Sam Williams dropped one when Oldfield threw a bad pass back in field, and Hodgson not being there, plus a bunch of other players already out. Yeah, I think they had some chances, but they just couldn't take them. I, I lost no respect for Canberra, but yeah, the they injuries. They never got any momentum, did they? Like, nah, there was no flow for it. There was an error and a penalty, and they just got in their own way. It's a game they could have easily won, but Cowboys stuck to their guns and didn't have to win away from home in Canberra, which is a tough place to win. So, right on to the cows. Yep, 100% agree with you. Yeah, but moving on from that one, I guess, Tamalolo, exceptional as always. Maguire came back, proved his fitness. O'Neill, that injury was not really great. The ruptured spleen, that's not something you really want to deal with, do you? Nope. But, um, Granville's starting to play some better footy. Felt coming back in's made a difference. But, yeah, Morgan, with those weapons around him, makes him a better player. But particularly, Tamalala unlocks everybody. A better player. A better player for the chilling. Uh, for Canberra, I think White and Sealy selection the other day. 40-20, good defense. Threw a nice pass, had a pretty good game. Um, thought Papali's been great all year. Whitehead's been 
really stepping up. And Corey Horsberg's been impressive. Former Cowboy. He had 180 metres off the bench the week before he took on Sam Burgess. So plenty of fire. Really handy addition for them this year. Big red. Big red. Loves uh, it. Broncos, Warriors. I actually love this game. And a lot of people don't like low-scoring games, but I got to watch it on replay. This was a grind. This was a rough and tumble game. Set for set. Broncos early possession. Couldn't get anything out of it. And the Warriors seemed to flip the lid on them because the Broncos just couldn't hold the football and they kept giving them piggybacks out. But just their goal line defense. Things have just changed ridiculously for the Brisbane Broncos. They've clearly bought in a little bit more now. Turpin's brought a different energy and line speed to the middle of the field. Payne Haas being there has made Lodge lift his game. I think Shibasaki's tightened up that spot where Roberts is a bit 50-50 at times. Staggs on the other edge is another guy who's better defensively. Gillette has got his confidence back with his neck. And the biggest one of all that I think they can all look to for inspiration, I think they have, is Tom Deard. Mm. Tom Dearden is small. The, the, the contact he has in his defense, the way he runs the football, if he can't be inspired by a bloke whose nuts have barely dropped and he's just done his HSC, ripping into blokes like Ken Marmolo, David Fushitua and some of the boppers they were sending into him, like their effort and energy defensively to defend all their errors and penalties was exceptional. On the goal line in particular, and the Warriors threw plenty at it. The Warriors had drops. They were doing crosses. They were doing switch plays. They constantly were trying to catch him asleep on the negative side of Ruck or coming back into space, but Brisbane just weren't having a They were wrong. They were wrong. I think the weather really tightened the field and tightened the spacings between defenders, which made it, I guess, made for less defensive errors. But in saying that, like you, uh, you've you outlined, they were, um, they were very, very good, the Broncos, and it, it's certainly an improved effort on what we've seen to start the season. I just yeah, I was blown away, but it, it's it's all seemed to have a the Warriors, I think the Warriors just needed to play a little bit straighter, a little bit harder, narrow the field themselves, and use their size and, and try and play that power game, particularly in the wet. But they just they couldn't really get any anything going. The Warriors. I just think again, there, there's some little things like we said about the Warriors yellow week with the Lawton thing and having Tavunga and some small changes that help the side, but. Having props go forward in Haas and Lodge that lay a platform obviously makes a big difference and guys that have good leg speed and good play the ball, but that also comes off Turpin, who's doing what McCulloch couldn't do, working the ruck over. Mm. And he's a threat to run and his service is good and he's getting his players over the advantage line. Dearden being there unlocks Milford because he can now pick and choose his moments, which he's doing a fantastic job of, and he's steering the side around. His kicking game's been tenfold as well. On the weekend, he forced a couple of dropouts. Gillette defensively, Dearden for his size defence, like I'm... Even Boyd's attitudes turn around significantly, but I was super impressed. It was an ugly game, and you know the, the one try that came of it was a moment there where you see Milford doing what he does best. They got a quick play of the ball. The A was not there. I think Roger Tuivasa-Sheck was caught in behind the ruck, and he saw Liggy Sow wide at B, bang off the right foot under the post, and then they just kept turning the Warriors away. Mm. But for their side of things, their back three was great. Ken Marmolo in particular this year. Like Fusi Tua had all the raps last year. Ken Marmolo has been huge. Um, Sheck was good again, but they did a pretty good job on him. Armour, Tohu, and Paddy Herbert has really tightened up that edge where they had problems with Solomon Carter. So there's some good signs there, but like you said, um, all those spine changes have kind of affected some of their results. And if they can keep this together, especially during the origin period, they might jag a few wins and push themselves close to that bottom end of the eight. South 32 16 over the Tigers. Uh, I guess for this one, the early part of the game really, really hurt. There was a five nil run of penalties towards South. They were dominating. They were rolling upfield really, really easily. Cook was probing every two seconds. Reynolds was controlling things. They seemed to really make a, a beeline towards Brooks and trying to target him and get some play the balls to roll back through. And they just went penalty goal, try, try, 
Cook, again, every time he jumps inside 20, he makes a difference where it's so hard to defend, we say, inside 20. When he jumps, players freeze. And guys around the ruck are held, as they have done in previous weeks, watching him, and he just puts players through space. He put Murray through the easiest hole you've ever seen. Not long after, they get a quick play of the ball. He has an outlet pass to Reynolds, who has inside-outside runners. Robbie Farrar, I think it was, held on his inside shoulder, and Reynolds slid through. And 14 nil after 15 minutes, I thought it could have been a cricket score, but... Full credit to the Tigers. They got their first opportunity after 20 minutes with no football. Benji Marshall runs that beautiful play where they looked like they were going out and he just dropped the ball back in for Thompson. Esau Masters snatches one out of thin air not long after and it's 14-12. Mm-hmm. So they certainly turn up for the fight. But the second half again, a couple of quick tries and uh, South's just kind of taken the game away from him with Damian Cook in particular. Oh, sorry, he scored that one, I think, in the first half. Off a bit of a, a mix-up where the ball got dumped out the back from Nichols. He just used his pure speed, and then he laid one on for Liam Knight. But the last try to Murray, I showed you before. Uh, yeah, it was a dodgy It's one. a bit questionable, but no offence to the Tigers fans. I know a lot of people weren't happy, and they thought the penalties were some of the penalties were a bit harsh. But they had some chances to score before that one kind of came about. So at 26-16, I still had confidence in South. But I can understand fans' frustrations at times, that they feel that sometimes a Melbourne or the Roosters or South either get tries blown without having them looked at or they get some ruck favours or other bits and pieces. So I can understand a bit of frustration. Yeah, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. I still do think South were the better side in this one. Against South Sydney, I thought we got dotted penalty-wise. Heartbreaking. Reynolds going off the way he did. Because I, I really thought, from the way Brad Fitler, as we said earlier, talked, that he was going to be in contention he with it, Cody yeah. Walker. So... Um, Possibly not a bad injury, which is great for South fans, but whether he plays this week or not with that leg, we don't know. Uh, Corey Allen, I thought he did a really good job at fullback. Uh, you know, the forward pack was good again. Damien Cook, exceptional. Cameron Murray, his year has been ridiculous. And they're getting a lot out of Tyler and Liam Knight, as we said. The other one, I guess, on the, the Tiger side of things, Benji Marshall, the last few weeks since he's been back from injury. I don't know if it's just because it's his last or are, but he's playing no, excellent He's football. playing as good as he's ever played. He's next level. Um, Josh Alloway as well. I love guys that just have zero... He's been on my favourite list for a while. He bashed Sam Burgess, and then when Sam launched at him after the play of his head, he was willing to accommodate him. He wanted a bar of him. He wanted wanted plenty of him. So I enjoyed that, and good effort again by the Tigers. And I think Brooks as well played some good football off the back of what Benji does when he's there. So I think for the rest of the year, that's the way they're going to be looking. Um, He he compliments him really well. I know he's retiring, but if they don't have anyone else to fill in, I think they should really consider getting him back again next year. Mm. Um, I know the workload, and he's had some hamstring problems, but... If they don't have anyone there, I, I couldn't let him go. I'd have to find a way to keep him around for one more year until they can get an adequate replacement. And I know Reynolds might be healthy again next year, but his track record so far on this contract, I don't know if they're going to be able to rely on him physically. He seems to have just been broken for almost True. three years now. So Certainly haven't got value for money out of that contract, have they? No. Nah. They would have been better off just absolutely pouring the war chest to keep James Tedesco. Not for Luma. First crack back in. Maguire, we know he runs a hard school. He was plenty busy. 210 metres, 20 carries. But the problem is errors. He had three errors in mm-hmm. his game. And Corey Thompson, I know they haven't re-signed him, but they need to lock him back down. Do. I don't think he'd cost him a fortune, but he was 10 times better at fullback in that one game than what Moses and Bye was. He broke a million tackles. He was busy. Scored that try. Popped up everywhere. Every time he got into contact, he bounced out. So he was a live wire. But he's, just, he's really handy. You've got to have someone like that in your side. A guy that can fill in at fullback more than adequately, better than some of the fullbacks in the comp, in all honesty. Play on the wing, play multiple positions. Um, Tigers fans, like you said, they should be happy with their side. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're punching above, but yeah, South just a step ahead of them. Melbourne Dogs. Um, to be honest, I thought it was a pretty flat game. Um, yeah. 
Melbourne really didn't try did to enough. do anything outside the box, and they kind of just went with them for 60 minutes. The Bulldogs, like they did last time, moved the point of attack, tried to shift the ball around. I thought their biggest mistake was they got at Melbourne's right edge, that dodgy one there left, but every time they went there, then they shifted away. And Will Chambers was just locked down on the other side of the field like an NFL cornerback. Generally, if you get a roll on the spot, keep hitting them where they're bleeding. And they didn't do that. The thing for me is they also did that for 60 minutes and they went tried to go with Melbourne. But Melbourne almost seemed to have foxed and just tried to work through that hard period where the Bulldogs would throw the football around and play that style. And once they kind of hit a flat spot, Melbourne put Brandon Smith back on at lock at the same time as Nelson Asafa Solomona. Cameron Smith, who had sat at dummy half all game, started jump out, probe, dictate things in control. And in a 20-minute period there, they just marched upfield, got repeats, got penalties, and put them to the sword. They yeah. put three, four quick tries on, and that, that was all she wrote. Effort kept the Bulldogs in it. Class one Melbourne today. Yeah. And again, I, I really don't think they tried to do much for 60, but weathered the storm and lost for Nuke and early. But it showed in the end. When Smith started to dictate that game and Munster got some good opportunities and good football, um, they were great. Mm. And yeah, Jerome got a little bit, ex- A little bit exposed there. Um, that edge is still terrible where they isolated Croft for one of their tries. Um, they leak more, I think, than anyone in the competition. But So it's, it's just crazy to think they have the best left edge D. I think it's time for them but to have a look at trying to get Pappenhausen in the team. Well, Vunavalu wasn't great again. Seve's... That's the one that I just really... think Melbourne could also... If they're going to beat South and the Roosters, they're, they're going to need another forward on the bench or someone who can come on and just do something in a game without having to wait for an injury. Because I feel like Pappenhausen's there waiting for an injury. And the reason... I guess we, I can cop it because it's Pappenhausen because he's very good. But I just think there's guys out of form within that back line. I've said it for the last few weeks. Um, Seve is the one for me. I'd move Hughes into the centres and throw Pappenhausen at the back. That's sort of the way I'm leaning at the moment. It just gives you a little bit more flexibility on the bench. You can carry someone else. But Well, you either get Stimson on the bench or you I get like in young you know Tino. Like Big Stimson. Tino we'll get from Asula, well. as I've talked about. He's, he's going to get some football, I think, during yeah. this origin period. But... That may have been hindered now by the fact that Dale Finucane didn't get selected. I thought if Finucane went in, they'd play Brandon Smith at lock and get Tino on the yeah. bench. But the right edge needs to be sorted. Curtis Scott's now going to be out long term, so I don't know if he's going to be back this year. Seve is serviceable, but it's been shown that when they've got Seve and Croft on that edge there with Felice, which has usually been our lockdown edge with Will Chambers, who's now swapped this year to the left, our right is just bleeding in mm-hmm. games. They've got the best middle defence and the best left edge, but their right edge is bleeding. So... Um, Pappenhausen, I agree, probably goes to one for me. When Drinkwater comes back, I think him or Hughes may get a crack at the seven jumper. If not, if Drinkwater's the answer in the halves and you push Hughes to the centre or you put Hughes on the wing, like I said last week, because you know his carry's good enough yeah. if you're not happy with Sully and some of those errors. But centre's a real glaring hole right now. And, and a guy they let go who did a job the other year was Chase Blair. I think he was more on that right-hand side. But again, obviously they didn't see him as the answer to that question because they pawned him off to England. So... Mm. Yeah, I don't really know what the answer is right now. But that, that's obviously the one big thing that stands out for Melbourne. Bulldogs, uh, again, effort, plenty of it was there. But like you said, class one at the end of the day. Jackson was good. Harrow and Ira, the offloads issue has been ridiculous. And he's got a nice combination there with Foreign, who was also pretty good in the first half, and Jackson. But yeah. Last one of the round, Dragons, Sharks, 22-9, to nine, I guess. The big thing here that hurt was the Dragons, I felt, had the better of the possession, the territory in the first half, and they didn't do enough with it. They had that, pl- that's plenty of football. Spot on. 
they didn't score enough points and too many errors again. And like I said, I know they wanted to solve the Dufty issue and errors in a couple of the back five, but Lomax, why well, I thought he looked good with the football at times, he made four errors at the back as well. So they didn't really fix that issue. And I'll cut him some slack. Second half, no Lafay, no Graham, no Frizzell. They had one on the bench. They were, you know, valiant in the fact that they held on for 20, 25 minutes, but it was going to catch up with them. Mm. And when it did, the Sharks there, they rolled to the middle. Chad Townsend, the control that he's shown the last few weeks. Flanagan's growing in confidence. Sherry was the beneficiary of some good football. Found himself with a hat-trick. Ueli again, huge off the bench. Moylan just was all class. I thought he was best on field. He made a huge difference with coming back into that side. And defensively in the first half, actually more so than that under pressure, Britton Nakora, he, he's rookie of the year by a country mile at the moment. Mm. He was absolutely exceptional. So, again, there's really good signs for the Sharks if this all comes together and they get the right team on the field. I really do think they can be a dark horse, but we're a long way away from that with having all the players back on the field. Graham obviously needs to come back, play good football, stay healthy. Johnson needs to stay healthy. We can't get a full image of what that looks like just yet. But I'm just saying, if it all come together, they're going to have a pretty good squad to pick from. So, Dragons, uh, losing those guys, origin players going in, that's a hard time for the Dragons. And they're, I think they're, their season's in a bit of, bit of bother right now. That's for sure. Oh, they're... On the skids, yeah. big time. And they've got injury concerns, form concerns. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. I thought McInnes, again, exceptional. Tarek had a better game. And Reese Robson, the hooker, he came on to play a bit of middle when they lost some players. He was good when he came off the bench too. So, mm. um, yeah, hard times ahead. But there you go. That wraps up that. Fan questions. Luke, hey, lads, wondering why the Storm don't come under as much scrutiny from you blokes for carrying an outside back on the bench versus, say, the Titans. Oh, Surely it's easier to defend a back in the middle than a forward in the centres if desperate. I'll defend him in the fact that it's Pappenhausen and his quality. They're just trying to stick a quality player at any point in time. When someone just carries one for the sake of carrying one, that's when we get frustrated. But they're just trying to inject a quality player. They know, again, that they've got big minutes in a guy like Jesse Bromwich, Dale Finucane, and their back rows play full games that they don't need to really carry an extra forward for the sake of carrying one. Mm. So like Brock's saying, I think they're just looking going, we've got a genuine superstar here. Whether it's for an injury, which I thought Jerome Hughes was going to come off on the weekend when it looked like he'd been sniper shot in the head, that hole. Look, someone got a spoon. Dug a hole in his forehead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, we agree with you, but it's it's just more when it's an unnecessary one. Like Penrith when they had bloody Zach Hardaker out here a couple of years ago. Like, we're just trying to force it as well. Yeah. Like, I don't mind it if you're only going to use the three subs and you say to that outside back, mate, you, you might not get on. Yeah, and then you use them and you don't use them in the game. I don't mind that at all. It's in that sense of what we just said, though, isn't it? If you've got the forwards to do it. Bromwich played huge minutes on the weekend, had a great game. Uh, you know, they get quality minutes out of him. Kenny, Dale, they play big minutes. I know he went off early. Brandon Smith is a guy, again, he's more a utility as well. He's not going to take Smith's spot. Mm. So Melbourne are realistically using two utilities or two guys that are flexible. Um, but, yeah, most times I won't defend it. So, fair point. David White says, since the Dragons are struggling, two important questions, Batman or Superman? And if you had only a one-time ever ticket to the NRL Grand Final, Titans versus Storm or Super Bowl, Patriots-Falcons, which one will be at 10, Brock? Well, I've already been to Patriots-Falcons. I'd love to see Titans-Storm one day. Out of, the, out of the two, for yeah, me and no. you to attend, I'd love to see Titans-Storm. Uh, no, I'd go Pats-Falcons, revenge. Revenge and Bat- Batman Patriots. Superman. I, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Batman. Yeah, I'd say Batman. Batman's again. Kyle Bowman, is there a method to the madness of coaches like Payne Mary in regards to their volatility with naming rosters? Blokes don't know if they're playing NRL Reggie's week to week. Does it actually deliver a long term result or is it just poison? It's poison. But I think they're both trying to, uh, I guess, elicit a reaction. 
and trying to keep players on edge. But to do it for a long period of time, yeah, it ends up being poison because players just get their noses out of joint. I think the big thing that you've touched on as well is depends how good they are with their feedback. You need to be honest with players and you need to be truthful and, and you need hard. to be up front. And if you're it's not, tough. if you're just chopping blokes and not giving them reasons and cutting them out of the loop, you'll lose them. It's the... tough to find the time. Yeah, but you'll lose them. Like You, you, you know, do. If you don't know, give yeah. them the time of day or you don't speak to them. So mm. they're playing a dangerous game, no doubt about it. Lee Bailey, will the Storm get back to being the dominant force that they were when they had the big three? We smashed para, but that's para. I want to see that again weekly. Well, mm. most definitely not. The big three is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So They've gone past that, yeah. They will pass that. They're a different side now. They're, they play differently, but yeah, that, that's that's gone. William Hellreigel, do you have any way I convince my dad that Origin is relevant to Kiwis? Other than just good footy, he's a curmudgeon, and I need some tips to get him up and app for the games. Love the podcast. Guys, listen every week. Thanks, William. Uh, it's the best. Look, if he can't get excited for it, I don't know. It'd be like... I don't know. It's not like the Bledisloe because we should be into the Bledisloe, but I don't really give a shit about the Bledisloe. I don't. We watch it if we've got tickets or whatever, and we'll go. But I don't. I don't know how someone who's not from New South Wales or Queensland gets excited about it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think I don't it's know. Just... I think you've hit the nail on the head within your question. I think just the quality of the footy should be enough to if, get. Excited. If your old man can't get up for that, you need to give him a triple or bang his head on the desk, as yeah. I used to say, because he's crazy. That, that's. The, the best games generally. Last year, I thought the series was outstanding. So mm. you've got to get up for that. Robert Sim, Maccas with the Colonel or KFC with Ronald, what would you choose? I, I'd force myself to eat Maccas with the Colonel. Colonel's the king. No, I'd like to meet Sanders. Or yeah. Sanders. Or this one. The other night after the Sopranos, I had a double sausage McMuffin at 11 p.m. I had 24 nuggies. Because I hate the McDonald's. 24 nuggies. Good times. Rogue Inc., this is probably one more for you, bro. This gag may have moved on by now, but who makes the Westeros origin squad? All characters eligible, dead or alive. I don't watch a show. Don't have a clue. Top three. There you go. I'll give you top three. Top Ka- three. Carlisi, because I love Carlisi. Yeah, you dirtbag. I love her. Yes, scumbag. Um, who else? Just get the dragons in there. I want, I want all three dragons. I want the Night King. Love the Night King. The Night King. I don't even know what's cheered, going on. I cheered for everyone that was a rep. I don't know what you're talking show. about, Brock, mate. I don't uh, watch Game of Thrones. Mm. Cersei would probably get a run. She's evil. Just any, anyone oh, that's got bad blood. Brock's all about bad eggs. Yeah. <laughs> put, them all, put them all together. He's on the bad I want boy. the midget too. He can play hooker. Yeah. Um, what's, the midget Tyrion. Tyrion. If you're looking for peace, you've come to the wrong place. That's the only bit one I know from the whole thing. Daniel Friend, I love Freddie's open policy to the media. Gives the fans great access. Why can't more teams or clubs be like that? Well, it's easy to do it in a short term. Mate, we said yearly it, season is tough. Say it all the time. They signed the new CBA and said they were going to service it and grow the game. They need to talk more. Mm. And the fact that Queensland are now just denying talking about New South Wales all this week, no one's asking you to bag them out. What about fucking Kerry Walters goes and gets a five grand for an hour with this coach whisperer, and then suddenly we're not going to say Blues or New South Mate, Wales? There's, there's nine days. Fucking, you're a clown. Nine days. You got to talk. You can't just oh my feed God. shit. It's like, mate, your players versus their players. Good luck to you, Freddie. Good luck to you, Kev. Yeah. Let's get on with Let's preparing go. the teams. Talk about They footy. want to access the... That's right. Talk about the footy. They want access to the players. Do it. Do your job. Stop being flogs. We're talking about growing the game and how the players are going to put in it and you're telling and them you to want And as soon as the pressure goes on, you want to make it about yourself. Don't talk. Yeah, fuck. What are you doing? Goose. Mick Webb, if Cook goes down and can't return, who will play dummy half? This is the only glaring omission with Freddie's squad. Radley in for Crichton. Makes so much sense. 
Well, no, Murray. Uh, Murray does, yeah. Murray's played some nine coming to the juniors, and he's just one of those natural footballers coming to the grade now that covers multiple positions. He's got great skill. He's got a good pass. Well, you put Walker there or White in there. Yeah. I think Mar- Murray's got it sorted. I don't think that's as big an issue, Mick, but I yeah. can understand your yeah. concern. But trust me, watching Murray coming through, we've both seen enough of him. He can more than cover oh, him. He's great. He's a good one. The spray. What are your thoughts on Kevin Walters as the coach? I've already said it. I don't rate him at all. Brock's not a fan. Uh, I think, like I said, as a commentator and as a halves coach, similar to Brock, I think he's great. When he was being considered for the Brisbane job, I didn't agree with it, and I don't think I'd give him an NRL he'll be the Titans. Job. He'll be the Titans next head coach. Next year, Kev Walters will be the Titans coach. Well, I guarantee it. If that happens, that's crazy. Butsy the Badger, would you have picked Kiri knowing his history of being a filthy Queenslander? No, I would, I would have picked him. One of our other listeners, who I love, Sando, he's always got a strong opinion. He sent us one saying he was office with that one, and he it completely disagrees with one to be picked. And I can understand that. And I said the other year that I was filthy that he couldn't play for Queensland. But I look at it this way a couple of years on. He's playing with a bunch of guys in Sydney. He's a mature guy. He definitely wants to play Origin. And with the stupid eligibility rules, I couldn't deny him on the fact that we've let Kiwis and other guys play Origin before, and he's a victim of circumstance. Mm. They won't let him. So I can't deny him playing Origin on the form and the fact that they somehow fucked up the eligibility rules and won't let him play for his own state, even though he's born there. But I don't think he'd do us a disservice. And that's not disagreeing with what Sando or what some people said. I completely agree with you. I can mm. see why people don't want him in there. But we had James Tarmo, who's clearly not a New South Welshman. They had Petro, Tony Cat. There's been plenty of guys that have played Origin that weren't actually from their state. So I can see both sides of the coin. He also says, is it unreasonable that I always blame Ivan for not having James Tedesco at my club? You can't blame Ivan because nah, it wasn't Ivan. for a male that, that we have, that. he was over what was going at the club full stop. Mm. He didn't care about Ivan. He wanted to win and he went to they, the right place. They wanted to leave prior to Ivan getting there. Yeah. Well, Ivan just walked in in the middle of the negotiation. And... Tedesco in particular, though, wanted to win. His wasn't about money like a couple of the other blokes were carrying on about. Yeah. And I think, you know... He, and where are they now? He won. Where's Woodsy? Busted, playing off the bench at Cronulla. Moses stinking up the joint at Parramatta. <laughs> oh, love well, he is. He's not playing consistent footy. No, nah, he's up and down. His best is great. His worst is terrible. So nothing's really changed, is my point, from nah. what they were doing at, at and the And Tedesco's kicked on one of companies, yeah, the best on. fullback, if not close to, with That's right. I would have just chef. emptied my absolute coffers to keep Tedesco. Well, anyway. Would you rather 50000 in your bank account or 100000 in five-cent pieces? 105 hundred in five-cent pieces. You can't take the coins to the bank. Doesn't matter. Yeah, give me the 100 I'll sort it out. Jaden Cecil, hey Brock, spot. I can take him down to fucking Woolies and put him in the self serve butt. There you go. Clink, 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 clink. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Great. Brock, despite the Titans' troubles this year from Jaden Cecil, what are your thoughts on the juniors coming through? Yeah, I read about that this morning. Four Four of them in in pick for Origin, so that's a good sign. But how many of the others are. The big question is you've got to get them the whole way through. Yeah, that's right. That's the big thing. Yeah. Sam Knox, why don't defensive players try to ground the ball more in the goal? It seems like they make it harder than it should be. Absolutely, they should. They uh, they do, Sam. Put a, put a hand on it. It's dead. All right, there's plenty for you here for tonight. Good. Fifth and last from Travis McMahon is Mal Meninga having an impact on the Titans? No. So, well, I think I can't see it. Copping a paycheck at the moment, to be yeah, honest. Loving it. He's always on TV. He's got enough time to be on TV and all that gear. Oof. I'm with you. Luke says, garlic bread and assessio spaghetti. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it is. That's, that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. That needs nowhere other than yes. Ebony Love, JWH to Penrith. Rubbish. In my eyes, as far as a trade, Fotu Acre and Peach double scoop. I say Dallin and Hetherington in the opposite direction. Best pub in the Riff, personally a pioneer. Ticks all the boxes. Paceway. I love the pie, but I love the pacey too. But uh, as far as trades are concerned, we've only just kind of read some stuff not too long before. Jared would be a hell of a pickup if Penrith would get him. If mm. you want to talk about cultural leading your forward pack, he's a nutbag. Yeah, we love Jared. 
As far as the Titans, though. Fort Awaker and Peach. If, if you said to me as a Titans fan or player, or, sorry, coach, you can have Dallin and Hetherington for Fort Awaker and Peach, I'd no hang up No chance the in the world. Because you've got to know what's going on, I guess. And if Dallin quitting on his team, basically, and then... Peach, I'd make Peachy squirm. Peach can walk away from his contract. I'm not trading him at all. Yeah, I'm not making that trade. I'm he keeping... signed the contract the moron. I'm not giving Fort Awaker away. He's not, not a team. chance in the fucking world. Penrith are in the position where they need players. We yeah. don't need players off Penrith. But the pubs, mate. The pie, I'm with you. Love Mind the pie. you, Garth's fucking mates with everyone at Penrith, and I'll tell you what, if Matty Cameron can sell him a lemon, he will. Yeah. The Buckstar, he says, you know you boys like JWH, funny enough, we were just talking about him, he goes, but you think he was a cat on Friday, he hit Ponga late and then didn't even take the next run but the Knights forwards were fired up. Surely he should back it up by taking the run after the grub. Yeah, I agree. Likes to play the hard men when it suits him. I also think he's got a history of hitting smaller players. Yeah, well, I'll I say th- that. I think... Robinson also thought he's going to get himself suspended, so he got him I'm off straight him. after 100%. that. 100%. So, Smart. Yeah. Yanis Mateus, he's one of our Dragons man here, and here he goes. Love your work as usual. Last week you guys said the Dragons are developing where they are already strong. Is that poor planning or just bad luck? You can't help luck. Like, no, you can't. If you've got kids that are coming through in those positions, like you can't force people to become something. Like Genetics are genetics. I can't mm. force a kid to be a front rower. I can't force someone to be a... A half, etc. Like right now, I think I said it was Jaden Sullivan, the kid that killed it in the eighteens. They don't need a half right now. That's what they got. Mm. Jason Saab, they've already elevated the New South Wales Cup side. He's only eighteen. He's a gun winger. They've got a glut right now of wingers and centers. I know they're having some troubles getting them to settle with errors, but that's why they let Ruben Garrick go. So yeah, it's just sometimes it works out that way. You get you get a heap of players come in in certain positions, and unfortunately, you don't need them. But I don't think they're doing a terrible job by any stretch of the imagination. Boxhead. Um. Where are we getting on to? This bloody page. Confused. Yeah, what did they fucking change on Facebook? They, they change the bloody outlay for our page. Wankers. Every single time, and I, I constantly have to find myself Can I get a memo it. for it? Anyway. Ben McWalter, he wanted to ask a question early. He sent this one. So I got this one in the inbox. Do you guys know why there is no consistency in the quick tap rules? After Tesco's try tonight, it got me thinking. There seems to be no real reason why some aren't allowed to go ahead. No, well, it was outside the tent. I get that, but I saw a couple... No consistency is what he's saying. Yeah, there's yeah, some... Well, there's not. There's no consistency in a lot of things. Yeah. Loves the show. Frustrating. Keep, keep up the great content. Love it. Much appreciated, champion. And uh, what have we got here? Which one do you reckon would hurt more letting go? Some Jackson Brown Bulldogs resigning Leisha and letting Cook go? Or the Cowboys resigning Coot and letting Ponga go? Uh, Cowboys. Yeah. Well, right now, the way they're going, and they've had a couple of fullbacks, I think, you know, I know the Dogs don't have a nine. They keep Ponga, they could have won another comp. But yeah, the, the Cook thing, he's still at the way to year at South, I guess, even though we loved him at the time. But Ponga, whew, that one hurts. Yeah, well, look, Cook had been at multiple clubs. He's mid-20s. Ponga's a kid, yeah. superstar. He's still yeah. got more, more years upside. ahead of him. Cook's my age. He's 29, so he's got a long-term deal now. But Ponga's 20, 21. Crazy to think. Uh, and one of the last ones we've got here, are, me, are we worried, Brock, about the overall strength of the comp? This is from Daniel Charles Kellard. When I started watching the NRL a little over a decade ago, I remember a pretty even competition. The last few years, the gap between the top and the bottom grow dramatically. Will the authorities in charge of the game do anything to address this? The salary cap is clearly not working. Probably not, because the teams that have got huge fan bases are up the top of the table. Rooster South, Melbourne. It's good. They don't want to see Melbourne down the bottom of the table. Uh, I guess they don't want to see the Gold Coast down the bottom of the table either, but... Um, Brisbane are making a resurgence. Canberra in the eight. I, I, I don't know. I, I fucking hate the third party agreement. I, the competition and the salary cap is not even at all. 
I, I could go on for days about that, but yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, oh. Because my team is one that's just at the bottom end of it. I also think part of it I put back on coaching, though. I think the players are still plenty good enough. I that's, don't think, think this is as good fair. of coaches anymore. I think there's a lot of coaches that come in that have just copying what other people are doing and don't have their own style of play. And with that, we've seen a couple of guys who are just smarter than the rest. Yeah, yeah, they're in better situations in better clubs and powerful clubs like South, the Roosters, Melbourne, Brisbane, etc. But I think there's just a handful of coaches that are exceptional compared to others. Whereas back in the day, uh, the game was more free-flowing. It wasn't as overly coached and things probably seemed a bit more even. I, I think now it's just gone to a next level professional, as you know, Brock, probably more, even more so than me. But I think those few guys are just head and shoulders above. Mm. They've got the resources and they're smarter. So um, that's part to do with it, I think. Robert Caduro, he brings up the JWH thing again, but he's on the opposite side. He thinks it's ludicrous that he got charged for an aggressive tackle and says, would it have gone unnoticed if it was Kurt Mann rather than the golden child of the Yeah, well, that's fair. So a lot of people on the flip side. I thought that. penalty on field was sufficient. I don't think he deserved it. I think it definitely at least deserved a penalty. I don't know about the charge that's been brought up. Two weeks, what a crock of shit. But I how, do, how do you get from... People looking nothing. at it on replay, nothing to now a two-week charge. It's fucking Like crazy. I did laugh in the moment at the inconsistency from the refs that he got his face caved in and smashed late, but then two seconds later, Tedesco slipped over and they penalised Newcastle yeah, for, for something yeah, they didn't yeah. even do. Like, it was accidental. Yeah. Irridiculous. Uh, Heath Wilde's asking about game plans, strength and weaknesses for Origin. That one will be on Monday, Champion. We'll get real in-depth with that kind of stuff. Switch City Committee, which was the more heartbreaking way to lose a grand final, 1999 or 2015? 2015. They, they were ahead with five seconds to go. Yeah, they considered the try. 1999, that was coming for 20 minutes. Melbourne were after them, weren't yeah. they? You'd remember that probably better than me. I do remember the day, but yeah. Well, you I, watch it back now. It's just, it's clear. I said it on the time, though. I thought Brisbane didn't play in the second half. They played to defend that game. They got real negative and it bit them on the ass at the last moment. They had six or seven times where the Cowboys almost got them. They did get them and then the dropping golden points, obviously heartbreaking, but... Yeah, that had two big moments that really, really hurt mm. in that game. So I'm with Brock. Brandon Savage, who's the oracle of rugby league? He's if, on... if Gus, Wayne Bennett, and Jack Gibson had a baby, that would be the oracle. There you go. Shane Adard's asking about our footy careers. I think we've gone over this one a few times before, but both of us basically got to the same level. Pretty much. Playing 20s Premier League around that Jersey flag kind of thing, get some trials around there, but both injured. Uh, I don't ever claim that I was going to play first grade. No, no way. I'm not going no. to make any fucking assumptions that we're, again, no. as you've said before, you're not the fucking Oracle of Rugby League, neither am I, and we're definitely not guys that probably would have wanted to play grade, but we did pretty well within our junior careers. So mm. I'm happy to be coaching well, got now. A lot, got a lot further than what a lot of other people did. Yeah, and i um, happy to be involved now at the level that we're at coaching. Coaching's another great way to stay involved. Yeah. Simon Peter, what do you put the Knights' change of form down to? No idea. Well, I think we said this before. It's a, it's a bit both ways, isn't it? The coach has obviously got ripped no in. No idea, but something's clicked. And I think the players have taken a bit more accountability. So I think on both sides of the fence, they've obviously met in the middle and said, all right, we're underachieving and we need to fucking turn this around. Mm. Otherwise, they're going to get him fired or some players are going to be meeting a new coach and a few possible... I'd love them. to know. Oh, I would love to know. You'd love to be behind the door. Stephen Lambie says, who do you think the Dragons would be able to get with the money they've been allotted? So if it wasn't Marin, I don't know who they'd go for. Knows, yeah. Like, you don't know who's available at some clubs at this point in time. It's, it's a hard time of the year, but you can guarantee in the next month or so we'll probably see a couple of guys move before that deadline. That's for sure. Matty Hunt, either of you boys excited for Jack White off the bench for the Blues? Passenger of the week, Dylan Edwards. Penner for really needed a legit first-grade fullback. Mm. 
Uh, Matty, I usually love when you go with the passenger, but I didn't think he was that bad this week. I thought he had one of his better games, considering what he's dished up previously. It's just, yeah, it's one of the issues at Penrith at the moment. Dallin thinks he should be playing one. Dylan Edwards has been playing, well, he was okay. Aiken's did a solid job for a few weeks, but he's, you know, just... It doesn't seem like Ivan's overly set on any of them. Nah, not really. But um, Anyway. Yeah. Whiten off the bench, mate. I'm excited, yeah. I think, yeah, we've got... Is there any spot? Definitely only spot. And again, if someone goes down, you can cover multiple positions. So good coverage there. Sam Katsada says, do you think Queensland would have thought outside the box due to all the injuries in the Queensland Interest Super Cup? Definitely not. They're not going to reach for someone in cup that's not playing first grade. No way. Uh, we Who talk, are we talking about? Well, that's right, man. I, I don't watch enough of the cup up there, but when you've got guys like Catewell, Granville, a couple of dudes, Wallace, who just missed out. Yeah, let us know who you're talking about. Sam. Yeah, if you've got someone in particular that you see in the Q Cup, but uh, again, from some of the players that sort of missed out or they had a couple of options, Corey Thompson's a Queenslander who's playing pretty good football if they would have needed someone to cover a spot. Mm. Felt's now back from his injury. Welch, if he was healthy. Um, I think Heimel Hunt's Queenslander, centre wing kind of spot. Milford for that utility spot. I think they had a few guys they could have reached for. Yeah. Marnie if they wanted a legit nine instead of Granville. But, yeah, I, I definitely don't think you get someone who's playing Queensland Cup if they're not playing first grade. That, at this day and age, that kind of stuff doesn't happen as compared to here back in the day. A, a country team beating someone in a, you know, those tournaments they used to have or whatever. Like, oh, that was a bit before my time, but, yeah. Jack Collins, did you watch Mitchell Pierce's post-match interview? He basically told Freddie to pick Cleary. Then he comes up with a groin injury. Couldn't help but think Pierce has faked the injury to prevent Freddie from picking him. Thoughts? No, I don't think so. Definitely not, mate. I think he was just uh, reflecting on his own experience. Yeah, he knows what it's like. Back to the kid. Dropped and playing with an inferior team as well. Like, it was never Mitchell Pierce's complete fault that we lost games. No. Nah. Just well, playing with an inferior team we, against the big three and that we all-star said Queensland team. A million times. We generally always pick the forward pack, right? But we never got the outside backs or the spine right. We didn't have the players around him to help him. We didn't have the weapons in the back line. Mm-hmm. And we always seem to be reaching for someone that probably wasn't in great form. Now, if you put Mitchell Pearce in with Cook, Tedesco, the forward pack we've got, and take out Greg Inglis and the big three, I think we piss it in, really. I think he wins the series. So mm-hmm. We can't point the finger at him at the time. Robbie Farrell at the time didn't help us out. Greg Bird and a couple of guys had their moments, but they had some bad games. I'm sick of people pointing the finger around Nick Pierce because there was plenty of guys that contributed to it besides Mitchell Pierce. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Hunt, we said it last year. I felt bad for him. Everyone pointed the finger and said it was just him. Will Chambers had an absolute Barry Crocker of a series, but it seemed like Ben Hunt still wore more of the responsibility for Queensland not win. He also had to be coached by Laurie Daly, who's now an ambassador for the tab. Laurie Daly. So The CAB and the odds for that one, not too bad. Good fellow, Laurie, but yeah. Jesus. Great coach. Ooh. Joel Bradica. coach, you reckon? Yeah, no, nah, just kidding. Bang your, head, bang your head on the floor. Joel Radica says, now will Boxhead take Newcastle seriously at six and five? As a say top? I never said that I wasn't taking them seriously. Nah, I was fired up because they sh- fucking should have been in the top four. They've got a roster. <laughs> they've bought every fucking player in the comp. Come on. Got to play better than what they they uh, they were playing. That, that performance against the Titans, I was more upset because my team shit and we made Newcastle look like reserve graders. So it, was, it just wasn't good enough. Yep. So taking them seriously, well, I'll take them seriously when they take show themselves. form to warrant being taken seriously, and they are now. They are now. Port Agerios, again, is everyone excited like Mary was by last week's oh, loss? fuck me. What craziness. Yeah. It was poor. Just own it when you're in your press conference. I don't agree with him there. I, I agree when he said they were valent, I guess, with the no, injuries and that. Were. But... I thought they were offensively. They just... Oh, playing to the corner post. Offensively. But second half, I thought they held longer than I thought they would. Let's the... run our shape to the corner post, guys. Yeah, boring. 
Edge Matthews, top show lads. You fellas have some connections or any chance of getting the knock off oh, the big the sports knark. breakfast as a guest one week. Not sure who would last longer, the knock or Brock's remote in a close Titans game. The knock, yeah. I remember I remember the knock when he used to ring up. I don't know the knock is. Uh, I, this is going back to the mid-2000s, early 2000s. He used to ring up and um, Richard Freeman and hang up on him. That was when Richard Freeman and TK were doing the big sports breakfast. Oh, I, I love the big sports breakfast. I listen every morning. but Isn't it TK um, and Laurie It's, it's Laurie at the moment. So you probably won't get me on board with I f- TK. I flick it. Um, it's, it's just 20 minutes. I grip my teeth to work. Fair enough. Fair enough. Daniel Robinson says... And you know who they have on once a week? What? Kevy Wilders. Oh, good time. Kevy. Your favourite. And you know who else they have on? Mal. Uh, Aaron Woods, mate. Aaron Woods, Good times. Far out. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's why I don't listen. Daniel Ferguson says, surely Trent Robinson needs to bring in a second hooker for Radley. We need more creativity around the right question mark. Well, what about old mate? Um, in Mini Varels. MG. Baptiste. Yeah, where'd he, he go? He's at North Queensland, mate. Did he? He's smoking crack. Oh, he's he been too. playing the last few weeks. That's right. You're out of control. No, I'm not. I, I do. I've had a little brain fart. You're, yeah. you're, you're a busy man. you got a lot going on. No, no, I know he's, I know he's at North Queensland. It's late night. you got a baby. Busy day. It's 9.30. We do it for the fiends, though. Yeah. For the fiends. It's all right. Uh, mate, he's got Sam Verrills. We'll play the other week. He's dynamic around the ruck. So, obviously, he doesn't trust him defensively. Or he just doesn't want to carry an extra nine on the bench, considering Radley can get to the 80 minutes. But I agree, he's not the most creative. But at the same time, they played off the back foot the other night, and mm. he's similar to most guys. When you play 80 minutes and do that workload defensively in the middle, your passing and your running game kind of goes out the window. Jack's friend is just an exceptional player with a huge motor who's not there at the moment. And when he gets back, they'll be much better for it. That's for sure. Mihal Maguire. This is another one for Brock. Oh, I love Mihal. Does Brock have any more of that hot topical 97 World Champion World Club Championship content? That keeps the listeners' numbers up for sure. It does. Serious question. If they replayed that tournament now, would it be same as the 90s with the Aussie teams wiping the floor of the Super League? I feel the gap has gotten closer, at least for the top ends of both comps, though the lower end is a fair bit lower. Also, shout out to the Amsterdam Cobras. Getting their first win of the season over the weekend over the Hajavik Dolphins, which I'm only including to see if Luth can pronounce Hajavik. Probably not. Hajavik. Hajavik. Is that Hajavik like the Dutch? Uh, I think there'd I be think one Super League team that would St. get into the eight, and that would be St. Helens. And I still think all the rest of them would get the fucking floor white with them because I'm not as big a fan of the competition. And uh, no offense, Warrington, yeah, they, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, they, they might be the ninth best team. If, if you if you said to me right now, could St. Helens beat Parramatta, who are eighth in the NRL, I would say yes. But could St. Helens compete with the top three in the NRL? No, they get beat by 30. Who was it who won it last year? It was Leeds, wasn't it? Didn't you guys win no, it again? No, last year. No, last year um, Wigan won it. Wigan won it. Wigan won it. St. Helens should have. St. And Helens had dominated all year. your mate Dan Sarginson and a couple of those yeah. guys in that team, didn't it? Thanks, so, Goff. No offence, but yeah. Joe Greenwood, who couldn't get a run over Joe here. Greenwood. For the, for the teams that I've seen, like you said, I don't And they're s- going like bust. Adrian yeah. Lamb's inherited them. Um, yeah. Mm. Like I said, no offence to the Pommy fans out there, but I just think, yeah, that if, if St. Helens are the best team, I still think they'd struggle to get in, given the eight we've got right now. Oh, they make the eight. No, no. What I'm saying in a World Club Challenge format, yeah. they could definitely get into the quarterfinals in a 24 rounds. Of NRL, in a 24 rounds, that'd be different. I don't think any Super League they team go would close. Eight, St Helens would go close. Russell Hardup, the Tig Pies had their moments against the Bunnies in the Storm, but couldn't get it done in the end. What improvements, as in who would you buy or turf, would you make to the Tigers list to help them be a top four team in a couple of years? Well, mm. I think he made some changes. Reynolds. 
Reynolds is on huge coin and Russell Packer's on 750 and clearly doesn't want to be there now that Ivan's not there. So there's two moves there that they're kind of stuck with, unfortunately. Um, if they could ditch those contracts and free up that money, hit the market, they could definitely use another front row to help out Twal. I think outside backs, Weimar here and a couple of those guys have done a bit of a job. I think you've got Masters, Thompson, Nofaluma, if he cleans up the errors and they've got them in buy long term, they could definitely do with probably another quality centre. I think mm-hmm. Momorowski came in was better defensively, but... Uh, and the other one's obviously a long-term half and hooker. Benji can't play forever, neither can Robbie. So yeah. Brooks needs a partner, and they need a nine. Robbie, bro. But, yeah. Chris Amato, do you think Kevy may have been dropped on his head as an infant? Yes. Snap. I think Rock would agree with you on that one. Jai Laidler, who is luckier, Stephen Bradbury or Nathan Cleary? Stephen Bradbury, Bradbury. For sure. Fat sportsman on the back of Indigenous Round. Who are some of your favourite Indigenous players, past or present? Cliffy Lyons. Cliffy. He was a gun. Preston Campbell. Presto played well above his weight. Uh, GI for me as a Melbourne man. I loved English when he was at Melbourne, early doors. He was Scotty a Prince. Freak. Prince, he was good, wasn't he? Scotty Prince, currently, modern day, uh, Cody Walker. Going unbelievable. Wow. He's a gun. He's a gun. Very happy he got named in uh, the Origin side, that is for sure. The Peach back in the day was good value too, wasn't he? David Peachy. Yeah. I remember growing up, chewing gum, the big baggy Pepsi Steve jersey. Ralph, you, could, you could rattle off 100. Yeah, you could go all day. Ryan Oliver, when I saw Josh Morris named, I thought, is Laurie Daly still the coach? <laughs> Couldn't help but thinking I was going to see Aaron Woods in the 10 jumper. Can't help oh. but think there was a better option such as Ramian. Also, for the forwards, can't see why Finucane doesn't get a shot, especially with a form of Crichton yeah, thoughts. Agree. Okay. Man, I think it's just more the fact they think they've got enough coverage, I guess, for middles, and they've got big minutes in Clamour and Vaughan, so they've gone with Murray, Trebojevic to maybe push in, or Frizzell to push in for Crichton to play in the back row, and they've got a centre-back row there rather than having three middles, I guess, because Finucane's exclusively a middle player. So um, I think Haas may have done enough there just to push him out, and they feel they'll get more of an impact, I guess, out of him because he probably has a bit more to his skill set. But on effort, energy, and what he's done in his career, Finucane definitely deserves to wear blue at some point. He's, uh, he's been a great player. Yeah. Adam Ingaro, rule change idea. A charge down of any kind, including field goal attempts, does not give the kicking team a repeat set. Instead, it rewards a defensive team for being able to break up the play. Thoughts? I don't like it. I don't like it either. If you're going to play at the ball, uh, you've got to deal with the consequences. If you can't get it, well, then, yeah, you don't deserve to get the ball back. So not with you on that one, unfortunately, champion. Matty Ballantyne says, do you see any problem with a professional sportsman like Payne Haas playing and training whilst undernourished due to religious beliefs? Must be detrimental to performance, right? Does that pressure on the team when one player is less than 100%? No, well, he's he's adapted his training schedule yeah, to it. Yeah, so he's so. used to it like Sonny Bill was, and clearly it's not affecting him. It's you know, not, and no. full credit to him because he punched out 65 metres on the weekend, 200 plus... Oh, sorry, 65 minutes and 200 plus metres. The kid's a freak, so... Yeah. He, he's one of these guys, again, that's just an exceptional once-in-a-generation kind of player. To have that motor for the size, power, like he's, he ticks a lot of boxes playing ass. He, he's a different species, that's for sure. Semi Shepherd, spelt differently. He wants to ask the opinion on JWH. We've already been through this one, but what have you got anything different here, mate? As a Knights fan, I've got no issue. Thought it was possibly a little late. Still okay. Definitely not high. But what was wrong with the driving... What was wrong was the driving of the head and shoulder at Ponga and the ground defence. Agree. Mate, completely agree. agree. He did try to maim him. Everyone could see it. But I guess the big thing was, luckily, he didn't get him head on. Um, And, yeah, it was more like Brock said before. He's had a bit of a habit of going after guys, but that's what forwards generally do. So I can understand why people are angry, but I didn't think he warranted being charged. Uh, I thought a penalty at the time, minimum, should have at least got. So surprised they didn't get that. 
but he knows how much does an origin coach actually coach when you're just training players at this elite level how much have you got to do just think a few set plays and make sure they all get along no they'd be doing a fair bit of coaching yeah you need culture mm. like you do it's at a club shorter term more broad I guess not as in depth um, but yeah they, they'd be doing a lot of coaching just in a shorter period of time yeah I'd agree with you there um, at the same time I guess with some of the club combinations, you'd assume that they'd be running some of their similar stuff or they'd work in probably more so with the coaches than what they would at club as far as having input into what they're going to do. Mm. Um, but, yeah, some combinations help out. But they'd definitely be coaching, working towards what they're going to go out at Queensland, looking at the players there, what areas of weakness, things they're going to go after. Duncan Bridgeford says, can we take the two boys from Penrith and Para for the rubbish they served up on Thursday? Yeah, agree. It was rubbish. Yeah, not happy. Stuart Bork reckons Edric Lee copped a raw deal not being selected for Queensland. Thoughts? Uh, I think you're smoking the cheech. Good season, Stuart. I think he's had, but to push, you know, Morgan out of the side or onto the bench for Edric on the wing and put Gagai in the centres where he generally hasn't defended quite well. He's been man of the match on the wing. I can kind of understand why they've done what they've done. Gets Morgan in the side. He's on the opposite side of the field to where Latrell, so Latrell's not going to be after him. He's on Morris and he's a strong runner of the football. So mm. um, yeah, I think think that's what they're looking at. Jeff Gumbleton, do you think Pierce has become a better player since joining the Knights? I think he's got a lot more tricks up his sleeves, but he could have just be standing out in a team that's probably not as good a roster. Oh, I think he's improved. He's, he's matured every year, yeah. And I think, you know, that takes a big shot to the ego when you get pushed out of the Glamour Club and you won a comp and you thought you were going to be there for your whole career and they traded you out for a guy who only had a year or two left. I think that probably put things a little more in perspective for him to knuckle down and play better foot. And I think, certainly think he's done that, that's for sure. Jason Lamley, revisiting a question I asked you boys last year that you both gave a resounding no to, is it time for the Knights to try and sign Ponga on a five to ten year contract and try and make him a knight for life? No, I think the question was ten years. I'd sign him for five. Yeah, sign him for he's 10. currently signed until 2021 and they keep murmuring in the press that teams are already circling. Keep up the awesome work. I think more what Brock said, mate. Not saying five years, ten right nine. or wrong, but if it was a ten year deal after one season, I would have said no. Uh, but what we've seen right now, yeah, two years in and he's delivering again. Five years, yeah. But these 10-year contracts, you get complacency or if anything goes wrong with them, what do you do? So keep up the good work. Cheers, champion. Stephen Moorcroft, what would you rather? Become an immortal and be known as the best player to have ever played, no questions asked, but you'll never win a premiership, origin or World Cup or win countless premierships, state of origins, World Cups, but also be no- always be known as an average player. You know the, uh, the fault in that question, Stephen? If you were going to be the greatest player ever, you would have had to have won a few premierships, state yeah. of origins or World Cups. But... Yeah. The question, I'd rather win the premierships. Yeah. You want the accolade. It's a team sport. And you reflect back on our best times playing, coaching. It's always when you've got a great group and you're winning. Yeah. Um, individual stuff or what people think of you doesn't really matter. You don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. Right. If you're a true footballer, you want to play with good people. And I can remember after winning, well, I've won a few grand finals as a coach and having criticisms on, having people criticise me that night while we're drinking with a trophy next to us. <laughs> and people still criticise it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it the is circumstances. What it is. But as you said, the be- the best part is always the people and winning. Yeah. Winning with good people. You just care about players. your players and your staff. I don't give a fuck about anyone else, to no, be honest. It's, it's the best thing. The people that are there working hard investing. Uh, and it, Well, that what I said isn't true. The people who are around the team that support the team, you know, you always have respect for. But anyone that wants to be negative or give an opinion when they're not there, you know, I guess working hard day to day, mm. 
I'm not, not overly interested in it as a coach. And that's why I, I get why some of these NRL coaches get fed up with the media. Yeah. Because they're writing them and giving an opinion and they don't know half the shit that's going on. And that's no different than no effect. Like, that's why I like um, to analyse football. Yeah. And we talk about, we analyse on this show. I don't like to delve a lot into the gossip and all the shit because you just don't know. You don't know. But that's also the same reason why I hear some of these journalists throw out an opinion. And I'm like, again, I'm not, I don't want to be one of those guys like you never played a game. But no offence, half of them never have played a fucking game. Yeah. They wouldn't have a clue. Um Good on them for loving the game and having a passion and getting themselves into a career. But some of the stuff you read sometimes, and you got people that are saying, "Oh, this guy's great," or "This guy should be," and you just kind of look at it as a player or a coach, and it's not right or wrong. But you look at some of them and just go, "You dribbling? Mm. You don't have a." Freddie's nailed it. Fre- Freddie's. I, I don't think there's been a, a selection now in his four games. What you've really thought? What the hell? Or in before we looked. Whereas at- for ten years before that, it happened. Oh. Endlessly, and he also did the one thing that we said you don't do when you were talking about not picking a side early. We had Robbie, uh, sorry, Laurie Daly come out and basically guarantee oh. Greg Bird. You know, In all January. these guys well before it even come about. So you handcuff yourself to it. Correct. Peter Wikes, what was Kevy smoking at the Origin oh, presser? Nice. Plenty of people not happy there with Kevy. Terry Spear, how about a fifth and last exclusive buzz quizzes Laurie on his opinion of the New South Wales team? Uh, what do you think of the team, Laurie? I think that I would have done a better job than Freddie. He mm. may have won a series first go, but I also won a series. I think I deserve to bring back Woodsy, Gal and the boys and have one more shot. Oh, Woodsy, Gal. Wow. Birdman. Oh, the bird. He loved him. Robbie. Marcus Reed, what up to man this weekend? Just yeah. flat spot, mate. an egg, Marcus. Overachieving. Last couple, in your opinion, which of the Broncos' young players has the most potential and which would you most like to have in one of your teams? Haas, thank you. Yeah, Done. I think Haas already playing Origin after 10 games of NRL says enough um, the way he's playing. Outstanding. Andrew Wales, while I'd like to congratulate Josh Morris for making the Blues team in his good form, I would have targeted a younger player like Ramian personally. Correct, no, we, we said it earlier. Yeah. And the last one, Vandal Cricket. Favourite Indigenous jersey of the round. Personally, well done to South Man and the Dragons. Thought the Roosters and Dogs could have done a bit more. You know, I liked Canberra's one. I thought Canberra's green mixed in with a, a kind of colour setup they have as a cracker. I thought South. And I not, not being biased, I like Melbourne's one too. Melbourne come up with a pretty good jersey as well. So, there you okay, go. Okay, Jesus, after 150 million questions. <laughs> uh, good times. On to gossip, Boxhead, and our tips brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. They got back into the green last week with two and a half units of profit, which I'm pretty sure gets them up to 18 units for the season. So we've said it before. Well, they're well ahead. If a unit of profit is $10, you're up $180 in the season if that's why you're betting. If it's $100, you're up $1,800 Mm -hmm. on the season. Keep your eyes out for that discount package. You get multiple tips every week, props, lines, all the bits and bobs. They do a great job there, the Pro Sports Syndicate. You get on our best bets. We're getting hot as well. We're all getting hot. Pro Sports Syndicate. I burnt down this week. Did you? None from two, mate. Yeah, I'm warming up. Manly 13 plus went down. I started off slow, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm a $6 multi last week, 50% this week. And I had the Raiders. Come on, Cletus. 1 to 12, and that went down too. They've also got one for the cricketing fans out there. World Cup starting in two days. Obviously, the Ashes, all those kind of bits and pieces. They've got the package there as well up for offer if you're into your cricket. I love that shit. Everybody's into that. They reckon it's going to go fucking forever, this World Cup. Forever. Because everyone, everyone oh, plays everyone once. There's 10 teams. Oh, everyone really? plays nine games, yeah. And that's then they go semi-final. But they reckon it goes for something like 10 weeks. Well, that's insane. Because it's usually not like that, is it? Yeah, it's usually, yeah, pools and super sixes and 
or what do they call it? Super 8s. There you go. I don't know. Pro Sports Syndicate, get on board. Best bets on the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, not a winner. They had the Doggies plus 10.5, which wasn't looking too bad. That meant Melbourne just pulled out the knife at the end of the game and shanked them about a 1,000 times in the last 10 minutes. That's been one of the rare ones I've disagreed with them on. So, I was all over it. Well, the 10, it was interesting how the best part of the package is they, they tell you where to get the better lines. Like, I got, yeah. I had minus 7.5 Melbourne, and it was plus 7.5 Bulldogs. There's absolutely no way no. I would have taken a bet plus 7.5 Canterbury, but with the syndicate, they tell you where, you know, what agency's got a better line, and the line got up to 10, 10 even, which is you're getting 2.5 points just through doing your research. So... And why do the research yourself? Let the boys do it. So uh, it that didn't pay off. But to get two and a half points in any line is significant. Uh, so, uh, but it was a day game. Belmore, I could see where they were going. The dogs try hard, and they were in that game for a long time. But Melbourne were probably a little bit better than what they have been over the last few weeks, and managed to cover the line. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And the gossip from Mr. Gossip, let's kick that off. Rhea Hargraves, as we talked about earlier, is on the most wanted list for the Penny Panthers. Wow, well, that'd be big. And I agree, they, they need something up 2020, front. though. So they need, a, no, they need a nine as well. I don't know if he's off contract this year or not, but if they were somehow to get him out of there this year, and then Tim Grant, obviously, is only on a one-year setup. He ain't going to walk out of this year, baby. If you had, He's not going now, Jared, right now. No, not right now. To the Penrith. But if he went next year and you had Jared Fisher-Harris mixed in with that forward pack and Campbell Gillard finds his spot with that guy, you've got three savages in that nine. pack. Nine's the big one, 100%. If I'm Penrith, you know what? This might sound a little bit crazy. I'd, I'd be looking at Matt Parcell at Leeds. Well, I'm still going to throw out the guy I said to you a couple of weeks ago when the I seen the video. Kid, yeah, yeah. Melbourne have three hookers that are first grade. Like we got Brandon Smith who I still think may turn out being a lock so they can fit Harry Green in their side. But yeah. I'm watching Harry Grant play Queensland Cup. 20s player of the year, first year in Queensland Cup last year, almost won Queensland Cup player of the year and he's up top of the voting again right now. There's plenty of guys running the NRL that shouldn't be playing in NRL at nine. Reese Robson's a guy I like who played a different position on the weekend but apparently he's already locked up by the Cowboys so that says that they're going to get him to compete with Greenville with one more year on his deal. But Harry Grant, the fact that Melbourne's still got three hookers in their books, I cannot believe yeah. that there's sides like the Tigers and that who need a nine moving forward and Penrith that haven't even looked at this kid. Um, insanity. Dragons fans are putting the heat on the club to punt McGregor. So no surprise there. We get plenty of questions every week. Didn't you just re-sign? Yep. We get plenty of heat every week from plenty of fans on here. But Mr. Gossip, he says it's uh, it's on again. So... Interesting times. The rumours that Trent Barrett was going to be brought on as an assistant and hired as the coach, I think they'd just be going backwards if they did that. you got a bloke who, you know, was wronged somewhat at Manly, but at the same time carried on to get out of his contract, and it's backfired on him. I wouldn't be giving him another job right now, especially that He's still getting paid by Manly at the moment, is he? If they were going to hire somebody, if you're the Dragons, you'd be insane to get Trent Barrett. You'd be looking at Justin Holbrook or Jason Dimitri or something like that to take over your team. Adam O'Brien. Before you bring back him. And the last one he's got here, Dallin is still wanted. By the Eels, but also the Cowboys, South and Tigers let the bidding war begin. Wow. We talked about this during the week. I don't think any of these clubs can offer him to play fullback, probably besides the Cowboys, and I don't think they'd be willing to meet the money that he's going to get. All the Tigers. Yeah, so I think the other two would be bringing him in as a centre winger, which is already what he is right now. Yeah. So I don't know what the well, goal he's, is. He's already got a link to um, the Tigers in that his brother was there last year. So they, he, they'd already his have His brother some... left the Tigers to come back to the Panthers. He so, did, yeah. You know? He's going to want to stay in Sydney. I think that's the biggest sticking point with the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, moving on from that one, getting our tips brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Short round this week, Brock. Best bets last week, like you said, you got one of your ones. I got none from two. Raiders went down. Dragons just 
fucking let me down. That, that killed you, mate. But you got the Bronx. I had Manly 13 plus. That went down in flames. And I had. I won a fair bit of cash over the weekend on the footy, which was good. I had a couple of wins, and the horses didn't go too bad either on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Raiders 1 to 12. They were in that game, but they couldn't get it done. There was a nice little deposit into the bank account the wife was happy about this week. So. Nice. Well, this week, Brock, I'm happy for us not to do best bets if you think these games are disgusting. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing them. But if I'm you're going to go. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going, mate. All right, but only four games in the short round will tip Aussie, Origin. I say, Yo's been named. Has he really in the centres for Penrith? All right, well here we go. Wow. The lineup this weekend for the Penrith Panthers: makeshift centre duo. They've got Dean Farah and Wonga Blake out. So starting their place, Yo back. They're going to test out that shoulder after some rehab. And Brett Naden, former mm. under twenties captain, I'm pretty sure, who left the club, went to Newcastle, played at Mounties, and now he's back NRL debut about three years later. He was in the 20s team I ran around with. Yep, James Maloney, he's back from suspension. He's in the halves with Cleary out, so he'll be pairing up there, obviously. I have no idea about this game. Jerome Luai, uh, and slotting in is Regan Campbell-Gillard. He's been named to start despite being shifted from the week prior. What do you think? Mitchell Kenny holds his spot. Leota, Grant, Fumano. Uh, Any team that's got Tim Grant in, I just can't take seriously. Manly, what do they got? Waddell's starting at lock because Jake's out. Ruben Garrick's in the centres with Brad Parker out with a broken jaw. Miski is named on the wing. Taniela Paseca comes onto the bench. Joel Thompson's the captain. I'll go Penrith home Thursday night. I've got no idea. On effort, you tip Manly. I just think Penrith have to win more than Manly. The Ford pack, I still like for Manly. Coruscant. Tapau, Fanua, Thompson, Siren and Waddell. Fainu to come on. It's the back <clears throat> It's the back line. Uh, looking at those two centres, I don't know. Dylan Walker last week had some moments, but he wasn't match fit. Ruben Garrick has been more of a centre in the juniors, not so much in first grade. That, that's, that's a bloody hard game. You know what? I don't really want to do it, but Penrith at Penrith need to win. So mm. I, I think Manly, in all honesty, but I'm going to tip Penrith just because it's literally a must win even though all the players you know, uh, are missing or they've got some changes, I'll, I'll go with Penrith with zero confidence. You're going to go the Panthers? Panthers. Well, but honestly, in my head... Pretty gossip too. Panthers, Panthers as well. If you're asking me on logic, I want to tip Manly, mm. but I'm going to give yeah. some credence to the fact that you know it's been a hard run and they got a good win last week. Right, let's look at the odds. For the home fans. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.90 a piece. It's a pick and game. The line is in favour of Manly, even though they are the away team. Yeah, but it's a 10-point 10, 10 difference in the line. Yeah, and 1-12 to 12 both teams, 294, 60, 13 plus the Eels. So $1.95 Penrith, $1.85 Manly is what yep. I meant. The Eels versus South Sydney Friday night. As far as the Eels are concerned, they've got a hard line this week after a loss. Tim Manor's been dropped. Takarengi, Alvaro, Jennings to the reserves. Michael Jennings is back in the centres. Hoffman to right centre. Ferguson is back on the wing. Kane Evans is starting at prop. Ma'u is into the back row. Nick Cora drops to the bench. And Tepo Moroa is back after three straight losses. So, a bit of a change up there on the Parramatta side of things. And for the Rabbitohs, not surprisingly, Origins hammered them. Adam Dewey is back for his first game after an ACL. He's in the centres. Connor Tracy, he was a, a gun coming to the juniors. I think he started the Sharks. Australian schoolway half. He gets his first game at 5'8 instead of Cody Walker. And the hooking role, Billy Britton, who played some time at Melbourne and a few other clubs, he's in. And Junior Tatola starts at lock with Cameron Murray up. Bailey Sirenen comes on to the bench. So, yeah, different-looking spine there. They've got Reynolds still. Adam Reynolds will play? No, I don't. I'm going to tip the Eels with zero confidence. I'm going to tip the Eels. I reckon they're the better of the round. But 
I just think, yeah, if Reynolds, even though they said he was cleared, the way he was limping around, he went off in a moon boot and that. Right. Dewey in the centres, fresh off an ACL, hard first game Ethan back. Lowe Ethan centers, Lowe please. got kind of exposed. He's too slow to be back I love Connor Tracy, so keep your eyes on him. But yeah, just all the change to the spine really hurts. I right think. now, let's have a look at the so odds. They'll put honest. an effort in, but it'll be a tough one for them, I think. And Mr. Gossett, he's on the eels as well. They're $1.66 with the Pro Sports Syndicate, two twenty for South. Minus 2.5 a line, 1 to 12 eels, two eighty three thirty five for South. 13 plus, three forty six dollars for South. I'm doubling down, better the round, two units on it. Uh, Eels minus two and a half. Get on, ladies and gentlemen. Eels minus two and a half for Boxhead. Third game of the round. Dogs, Raiders, as far as the dogs are concerned, thumped last week. They've resisted making changes. Ogden starts for Napa. Raymond Fitalamarin is back on the bench. And there's no room in the 17 for Lachlan Lewis, Adam Elliott, Kerrit Holland, or Leisha all in the reserves. For the Raiders, Ricky Stewart, several changes. Nick Kotrick, White, and Papali out. Hodgson with a broken thumb. Sebastian Chris gets his second game in the centers for Kotrick. Caesar back in for White, and Horsberg starts for Papali. Joe Tapine is in the run on side. He's back from an ankle injury. Ryan Sutton goes to the bench. Harvey starts at nine. Tom Starling is on the bench. So he's gone down there from Newcastle. Yeah. He's looking like he's in line, and John Bateman's in the reserve. He's a good player, Tom Starling. That makes me super happy. So, uh, where's this game at? This is in Sydney. ANZ. Fuck! If it was a Belmore, I'd tip the dogs. Oh yuck! Jeez, it makes it hard, doesn't it? Origin. Chris, well, I'm going to tip the dogs. They've got all their players. They've got minimal changes. They're unaffected. Canberra all over the shop. The biggest one for me is Josh Hodgson's out. If Hodgson was there, I'd pick. Canberra, but yeah. the fact he's not. Well, I'm the big dogs. thing they're relying on two different nines. But they've, I have no idea. They've Bate, if Bateman plays, that's a big in. But um, yeah, I think Caesar also after not playing for some time. You could say that him and Williams have played together before, but I think the dogs have been trying hard, and this week they've got a chance. I think their tails will be up. I'm going to get on the dogs as well with you, but again, these are hard games to tip. I've got zero confidence in that one. <laughs> yeah. Mister Gossip, he's sticking with the Raiders, and they are the short favourite of a dollar eighty-five. With the Pro Sports Syndicate, the Dogs a dollar ninety five minus one the line, one to twelve Dogs three hundred five two ninety for the Raiders thirteen plus for the Dogs is four seventy five four thirty three for the Raiders. Last game of the round is at the Gold Coast against the Cowboys. Garth Brennan has named an unchanged seventeen Arrow of only tight missing, but he didn't play last week. And for the Cowboys, no Morgan, no Maguire, and Matt Scott is injured, and so is Justin O'Neill. So major reshuffle. Mitchell Dunn goes to the centres. Jake Clifford comes in at halfback. Bolton starts at prop. Hess is in the back row. And Corey Jensen is on the bench. Must win game for the Titans. So that's who I'll be tipping. If they can't beat the Cowboys with all those players out, we're fucking kidding ourselves. Mm. I'm with you, but with Tamalo there. It wouldn't surprise me if they still give you plenty of trouble, but I'll, I'll go to the Titans. Oh, they'll give us plenty of trouble. Don't worry about that. We'll give ourselves enough trouble without having to worry about Tal Malolo. Don't worry about that. Oh, Mr. Gossett, he's on board as well. It's a clean sweep on the Titans, but again, this round, these short rounds, zero confidence, but they are the favourites with the Pro Sports Syndicate. A dollar seventy-three, two hundred eight for the Cowboys, minus two the line. One to twelve the Titans, two eighty, three twenty for the Cowboys, thirteen plus for the Titans, three seventy, five seventy-five for the Cowboys. So best bets. Well, you do another one off me, or can I have both on the eels? If you want, I'll to go have... another one. I'll go Titans minus two. Titans minus two. 
Well, I'm going to go in with you on the eels. I was going to go the 1 to 12, but every time I do that, generally I get screwed. So I'll cop that one. And the other one, I'm going to go the dogs 1 to 12. And not with a whole lot of confidence, but if we're going to do two this week, I'm going to come in with you. So there we go. Big thank you to Boxhead. Another huge show. Uh, Back on Monday for that origin preview in depth and obviously a quick look at this shortened round and a little look at the games afterwards, but obviously not in great depth. Tell you what, there won't be on Monday. What? Fan questions. No, there won't be fan questions. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, Big thank you. Penrith Solar Centre, get on to the boys there. Jake, great service, great mob, great company. It's a must. You've got to get a solar system. got to help yourself out there. www.penrithsolar.com.au The Pro Sports Syndicate, get on to the total NRL package. Look out for the best bets for the boys. Couple of units of profit for the weekend. And if you're a cricket fan, like we said, get on to that package area if you're keen on a punt. And last week, you all responded. I know you love the content. The show's are long as fuck. So you can take two seconds to jump on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, give us a review, help us out, boost us up. We've been doing very well on the charts this year. How many year. more do we do? We've got about 10 more. Good. And we get plenty of we listens. fucking million listens, so something. Not, not a million, technically, but it's like we get plenty 1% of listens. 1% of people are voting then. So help us out. Come on, guys. Just some weeks, 8,000. Some weeks, it's bloody 10, 12,000. So if there's that many people out there, surely there's a few more people that can give us a rating on iTunes. We appreciate all your questions, all your feedback, and uh, appreciate you all love listening to the show. But for another week for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.